Welcome to episode 504 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast featuring me, Gemma. And me, Michael. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2022 of Conversation Street. We have got um, episodes of Corrie from the 31st of December to the 5th of January to talk about today, and those dates are a bit different than normal. We're going from one year to the next, and the 5th of January was a Wednesday because it's Friday night, and we're able to start recording the podcast early today, aren't we? It's half past six in the evening. Usually we've just still got an hour to wait until Corrie's going. What will we do with the evening? We could have done, maybe. Yeah, Gemma's, Gemma's uh, been doing a deadline again today. Yeah, but it's all, all done. What a now. nightmare. It's like the most <laughs> stressful it's been for years. Oh, well, we can have a nice, lovely chat about Corrie tonight. They'll hopefully take your mind off it. And we've got an awful lot of Corrie to talk about because it's, what, seven episodes maybe to go to do today? So we've got, like, last Friday's, which was the New Year's Eve episode. Can we just leave it at that? And then all of this week. That's basically. I don't it. remember what happened. Well, no, at the there, end. There, this week there's some new storylines, aren't there? There was it wasn't there was quite a lot of it that wasn't the <laughs> continuation remember. of other stuff. There was the you know the Tim story, oh. Gemma, Tim, your favourite no, character, Gem. I don't think that was on. He it. might be dying. Yes. <laughs> and also speaking of dying, we had the Faye and uh, Emma bizarre, bizarre escapades this week, Gem. Okay. We'll get to later on. Just want to do a disclaimer here. I'm pretty sure now 80 percent of what I say about Tim is just me amusing myself I think it is um, but I'm not going to stop so if it offends you just realise I'm joking <laughs> maybe love him really shall I do a quiz on you no I wanna, no, oh. no no we've got to talk about the, the, we've had some more award um, speeches haven't we we've had some more acceptance speeches sent to us that's very important I hope everybody enjoyed the Conversation Street Awards this week we haven't had anybody writing into us saying God, I can't believe so and so why did you allow this to happen on your watch yeah like but um, so I, I, I'm guessing people are generally happy with it. I don't know, hopefully. I also but, like um, all the comments that we have um, when we were doing the nominees with people replying to tweets and things going, why haven't you got blah, blah, blah in there? Well, specifically to annoy you. Exactly. That's the only reason. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who's been liking and retweeting all our other acceptance speeches as well this week. Um, well, especially to Jude Jordan. He always yeah, likes to put his stuff all over the place and he's got lots of likes on our tweets and uh, lots of new followers on Instagram. So hello if you're new to the podcast so this adorable. new year. We've been going nearly 10 years, don't you know? Yes, he he's very, very lovely. We've he been went... going longer than he's been alive, surely. How um, old is he? No, he is 10. So he was, he, I don't know when his birthday is. He must, well, we ten? have to find this out, and then we. Well, can he's work just a out. little bit older than. Maybe us. he was yeah. born on the same a bit day. Of a sobering thought, maybe. Um, That's crazy. I was a bit jealous of him this week. He went to see the School of Rock musical this week. There was um. Was Jack Black in it? He was not. Oh. No. But there was there was a few people that went to see, see that. Look cool. Anyway, so like yeah. I was saying, we've got some more acceptance speeches um, for this one. Now the first one was, is quite cool because this is Harry Vizzanoni who won loads of awards in the Conversation yes. Street Awards this week. He did got the best the best exit, most surprised twist for his death. He got the half one half of the best couple. He got the the best storyline award for oh, the yeah, hate crime he's attack like stuff. Scooping them all up. Yes, and and uh, we I've been, mm. I, I, I got in touch with him like last week, and um, he'd been very very busy, but he was very kind enough to send something through yesterday. Oh, so um, I'm just gonna just gonna pop it in in yeah, case anyone it. hasn't seen it should. on our social media. Here we go. Hello, Harry. Hello, Conversation Street. Just wanted to say thank you so much for all these awards that I seem to have picked up this year. Um, thank you so much to everyone who voted. It really does mean a lot. So thanks a lot, everybody. Lots and lots and lots of love. 
Oh, isn't he lovely? Thank you for doing that, Harry. I didn't mean to say it. It's quite funny because we just played it. When I said, hello, Harry, I forgot that he started his message with hello, Conversation Street. It's almost like he was here in the room with us, wasn't he? I'm sure he was busy doing lots it of was, other things. It was. It was like being on one of those chat shows. Hello, Harry, from, from uh, Southampton. Over to you, Harry. Now, I, I hope that we get to see him on TV again soon. I hope you the... I wonder what's in store for him. Is he busy doing filming? I wonder. I don't know. Um, we have also got an acceptance speech for our Mad Frit Award, haven't we? Yeah, we don't normally have an acceptance speech for the Mad Frit Award. No, this is the first. this is pretty special because Nancy won and she was kind enough to do a video to say thank you. So we're going to play the audio from that now. Hello, Nancy. Is this going to work again? <laughs> Hello, are you there? Nancy, Nancy, calling Nancy. Hi, Gemma and Michael. I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate getting this award. Thank you. It means a lot to me. I love the podcast, and I love the program, and I love all the actors and all the crew. Thanks. Ah, brilliant. Thank you very it's much. It's so lovely love to you. hear our listeners' voices, especially it when it's a new person that we haven't heard before. I know, I know. It's really cool. I don't think, yeah, Nancy, I don't think we've, uh, we've heard Nancy's voice before. No. I don't remember. I we forgot. Yeah, that's really cool. Thank you very much. And if anyone else would like to share their voices on the uh, yeah. conversation street, you can always send us a voice. Why are you so mean about Tim? Yeah. Um, right, I'm now ready for the quiz, I've Gemma. Lost the pen. I gave you. I gave you our I know, but pink I was around with it. Oh, I put it in my hair. Earlier. I put it in my oh. <laughs> Right, you ready? Yeah. First one of the new year. I am ready. Are you ready? I'm the one doing it to you. Not the other have, you have, have you managed to straddle the years ending in a one and a six with the years ending in no. a two and a seven? No, because it started on the first of January. Oh yes, of course we did, didn't we? Stupid okay, go idiot. on then. Go on. <laughs> what have we got? First, of, I've done it from the first to the seventh of January. Years ending in a two and a. Oh, we don't usually go to the. Uh, Go to the Sunday, do we? New Year's resolution. Um, <laughs> I've done it wrong. <laughs> Have you? Yeah, but I don't care. I'm going to carry on. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be years ending in a two and a seven, but I did it in years ending in a two and an eight. Good maths, but that's Noah. okay because I did this at like two o'clock in the morning. Oh, it's well. not my fault. Oh, no, it's even the seventh. It's the seventh today, isn't it? Oh, fine. No, it's CoronationStreet.fandom.com. That's probably why I got it wrong. No, it isn't. <laughs> Just come with a quiz. Random Two trivia. Seven. Right, okay. This is random questions about what happened in January. What is the name of Ken Barlow's dad? Well. Frank. <laughs> 1st of January, 1992. Liz prematurely gives birth to a baby that doesn't survive. What is the baby's name? Thought I'd start with a... Katie. With a good one, straight off the bat. Not Hannah. That's not her real name. Hannah. No. What, Katie? No. You have to accept the, the actual name. Catherine. Yes. Oh yeah, I get with a mark a, for with that. a K. With a K, I know. First of January two thousand and two. Which two characters get into a car crash on the way to the hospital? Two. Um. Uh. uh oh. Dennis and Les. Dennis so and Les. <laughs> You'll get it right next week. I'm don't so worry. Pre- pleased with myself. First <laughs> of January two thousand and eighteen. This is what worries me, right? Because I sat there and did this all, and I've just finished doing a deadline for the magazine. What have I done in there? What have I done wrong? Every page is going to be littered with the mistakes. <laughs> right. Okay. Four years ago. First of January two thousand and eighteen. What do the stags dress up as for Chesney's stag do? Little green military men. That was weird, wasn't military it, everybody? Military men? Yeah, you know, soldiers. Yeah, they're called soldiers. <laughs> Why does Chesney break Beth's arm? Because... Not because she's annoying. Was that at the stag do? Yes. That was um, that was when um, she played the video, didn't yes. she? What was the video of? Was it him smashing himself with a brick? Find out later. Okay. 2nd of January 2002. Why does Janice blame Les for Dennis's condition? Um... 
Les was trying to commit suicide in the car and... It's not called that. Kill himself? Yes. In the car and Les was... Uh, Dennis was rescuing him. Correct. Now, Ironic. I blame Coronation Street for these questions because it's not my fault there's miscarriages and suicides and car crashes. <laughs> I know. And punchins and stupid fancy dress. Second of Jan- no, uh, 2nd of January 2012, Dev is shocked to discover Amber has kissed who? 2012, Amber, I'm going to say... Oh, I've got one or two options, haven't I? Uh, when was it, 2012? Yeah. Uh, Sophie. Correct. Yes. Which is quite funny, really, because he thought he was... Like, he made a big deal about the fact that Asha was dating Nina, but that's the second time he's had a lesbian daughter now. That's very true, actually. I forgot Should be that. old hat at here. Probably, like... He probably opened the box that had Amber written on it to get those Well, I um, think Amber was also... Movies. Well, Asha's bisexual, isn't she? Hashtag no labels. And I think Amber was as well. That's... Okay. I'm not going to say anything. 3rd of January. I'm, I'm just... The treatment of lesbians, you know. <laughs> let's have a proper lesbian wedding too, please. Oh, yes. 3rd of January, 1968. Rana and Kate's factory deathbed um, splicing. I'm not talking about her being spliced into by the know, falling the rubble. Right, <laughs> the right use of words. Go on then. 3rd of January 1968. Annie reports who to the landlord of number 11 after they squat there. Ah, oh, this was... Um, no, it wasn't. I'm thinking about number 9. Who was squatting at number 11? Um... Was it, a, it wasn't a bunch of hippies or something, was it? It was a bunch of hippies. Was it really? Oh, it was. fantastic. She got scared because they were chanting and lighting incense. And she thought they were worshipping the devil. <laughs> really? Yes. How now, did Annie know what I was going on at number 11? I don't think that she was too far off because this was a year before the Manson family murders. Oh. And they were a bunch of evil hippies, mm-hmm. weren't they? 3rd of January 2018. What does Chesney confess to Sinead? I hit myself with a brick. Yes. <laughs> what an idiot. He was trying to uh, implicate Daniel, to, yes, wasn't he? Yes, it was, yeah. yeah. 4th of January, 1978. Hilda Ogden is interviewed for radio while waiting in the queue for a shop sale and doesn't notice the shop opening. Yeah. She misses out on buying what? Telly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how much she was going to buy it for? No, I do not. Five pounds. Five pounds telly? It's it only £25 in modern times. She doesn't sound right. I must have done it wrong. <laughs> 4th of January... You get your numbers wrong. I can't never believe that. I don't understand maths. 4th of January 2016. What news does Carla break to Aidan and Kate? 2016. Who cares? <laughs> I don't know what's happened here. I don't know what's happened here. Okay, go what's on. What's happened? I don't know. It's all right, you gave me on my toes. I'm, I'm just going to give up doing this quiz. Come on, what's... Come well, on, answer, you the question. answer the question. What news does Carla break to Aidan and Kate? Johnny's me dad. Yeah, although I could have written anything, couldn't I? <laughs> 5th of January 2018. How does Pat kill Luke? Bang, bang. Gun. Wrong! You got exploding it wrong! Exploding car! You've got it wrong. He kills him in an exploding car-related incident. No, you got it wrong. You said he shot him. No, he said, how did he kill him? And I said, bang, bang. He shoots him. I haven't got the number of bullets right. Will you listen? He shoots him and then he fires a gun at the 
petrol tank and it explodes and burns him to death. You know I know the answer to that. Well, you one. got it wrong. No. No, you got it wrong. I absolutely did not. I didn't I absolutely did. 7th of January, 2008. <laughs> Liam has to get airlifted from a gorge, but why did he fall down there? <laughs> um, when was this? 2008? <laughs> yeah, just, uh, maybe. Um, Who knows? I don't know. Did Tony Gordon push him or something? He's trying to rescue Ozzy. Oh, yeah. Ozzy falls down to Ozzy the dog. Okay, I'll, I'll admit got I got 10. that one wrong. I got 11 out of You 12, did not, I? because I asked you, how did Pat kill Luke? And you said, bang, bang. <laughs> And he got he, he killed alive. him with some bang bang chicken and turned out Luke had a peanut allergy. If <laughs> <laughs> you were the coroner, coroner, and they was doing an inquest, how did this man die? Bang bang. <laughs> the dirt is gone. <laughs> You're lucky I didn't say blah blah. Right. Okay. Is that it? Birthdays. Oh no, I forgot that. Who's got birthdays? Who knows then? when? Who's got birthdays? <laughs> I've got a random selection of names. Luckily, this is every year. Right. <sighs> 8th of January, Charlie Condu played Marcus Dent. 9th of January, director Les Chatfield. 10th of January, Jennifer Moss played Lucille Hewitt and Claire King, who played Erica Holroyd. 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 11th of January, Melanie Hill, who plays Kathy Matthews and Caroline Milmo, played Lisa Duckworth. 12th of January, Elizabeth and William Flanagan, who were the fifth fifth actress to play Hope Stape and the third actor to play Joseph Brown. Yes. And finally, Still play the, man. the big man himself, Jack oh. P. Shepherd. Is it his birthday? Is it? Ah. Oh. 14th of January. Happy birthday, coming up soon. Happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday. Right, speaking of happy, let's talk about Happy New Year. <laughs> happy New Year on Coronation I'm, Street. I'm, let's move on to Street Talk. I'm going to recuse myself. Welcome to Street Talk, everybody. And you know what? We spoke too soon earlier because it's now two hours later than the last bit we recorded, isn't it? We... I'm so annoyed. <laughs> it's now later than we would normally start the podcast and it's all Abby's fault. Not the not the drug dealing, terrible mum. Not the character. Not pregnant, but the cat. Because about just after we finished recording that bit, she limped into the bedroom looking all sorry for herself with a massive swollen leg. So we mm. had to just take it. She's all right, though. She's all right, everybody. We, we had to take her to an emergency vet. Literally, at seven o'clock, that's when our vet closed. She, she was waiting, I think. Yeah. Just in the corridor next door so that she could get the proper, nice after-hours treatment, just the proper expensive stuff. Extra £150 or whatever it was. Yeah. But um, anyway, we, we were able to get seen pretty quickly and we were back within the hour. Well, we were back about an hour later, weren't we? Well, and she's we just got, had dinner she's been and, uh... bitten on oh, yeah. her leg. <laughs> yeah, we didn't say what was wrong. By another cat. Looks now like... she's got an abscess and... Apparently it was full of pus. It was, yeah. They took out the scab and a load of pus came out. <sighs> oh, sorry everybody. So um, if you were eating. Yeah, hopefully not. So we we don't know whether to call her Scabby Abby or Abby Abscess or Pussy Puss Cat. Was that, something like something that. Something like that. We're just going to make fun of her, but she's feeling really sorry for she's herself. Very, she's around. she's crashed out. Yeah, she's limping, uh, going between limping around and just kind of flopping on the floor. <clears throat> it, um, she's she's had some injections and we've got to go take her back tomorrow and uh, she'll be okay. <sighs> I think, well, we can, well, I think now we can talk awful. about the... Cor- mm. What do you mean I was off oh, wait, Well, listen, this is why I'm full of anxiety all the time. You said to me earlier, the cat, the cat looks sad. I wonder if she's sick. <laughs> and I said, oh my God, what, she's going to die? I know and get really depressed. And then and then it turns out she was sick. Yeah. And also, I'm always waiting for something horrible to happen. So whenever anything happens, it just 
Confirms your confirms pessimism. Confirms me. And so when I feel bad, I'm like, yep, of course you should feel bad because something bad is going to happen. Well, she's she's okay. She's okay. And uh, and uh, now we can now we can forget about it for a little while. She might try and um, get come in for an attempt, uh, a bit of sympathy later on. But um, for now, well, we'll get on with talking about the coronation street this past week. Also, on Sunday, oh, I fell down a hole in my parents' house, didn't I? Or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. And I've been limping Gemma's around all been, week. It's my turn And then next. my mum said that she twisted her ankle at the allotment this week and also yesterday Rachel's cat Rocky was limping around with his sad little paw there's nothing wrong with him no he took him to the vets how much did she say she spent seven pounds there's nothing wrong with him he just wants drugs (laughs) (laughs) right come on come on we've got to talk about curry because there's lots of episodes this week as we were saying two hours ago but minutes ago I just want to say we're so lucky that we can afford to not worry that the stupid cat costs so much money, but we also have cat insurance, pet yes. insurance. I definitely think that if you have a pet, you <clears throat> we learnt the you lesson from from Safi that we absolutely need pet insurance, which we did have for her, and we made great use of. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't ban us from mm. ever having it again. Well, right. I Sorry. certainly, uh, I certainly hope this week that Faye and Emma had insurance on that car because the first uh, storyline we're going to be talking about is Drop Dead Ted. You can't get old man insurance. Can, can you not? Oh no. No, like when you're. No wonder they're keeping it quiet this week. When you're, when the the new character who looks like he's going to be a chirpy little mascot yeah. dies, you can't get insurance. <laughs> yeah, drop dead Ted is what we're calling that. But there was also a little bit of a case of the munchies as well. Possibly the end of that. Maybe I don't know. Um, I'm Surely, bit... if anything's going to cure you of, of your boyfriend pretending to be sick when he's not, is a man literally dying in front of you <laughs> of some kind of undisclosed problem. Yeah. So that's what it looks like. Okay. Oh. Um, I've just got Tim's tricky ticker for his heart problem, which is a bit rubbish. Tim's going to die. Probably, probably sorry about Hooray. that one. I've, I've got a nice one for the Adam story. I know this has been going for a little while, but this came to me when I was driving to work today, Jeremy. You weren't impressed with this one, Ellie. I, I quite like this. I was very stressed today. I've had one of the most stressful days at work. Now I can tell you my amazing Adam storyline title. So he's, the way I explained it to you earlier, I said, right, Adam, he's a bit of a wrong one, isn't he? He's a bit of a, he's a, bit of a lad. He's a bit of a cad. So I'm calling this story... Um, a cad and a boundary dispute. But you're making too yeah, much of this yeah. boundary dispute. I'm not. They keep mentioning it. There's something going on with this boundary dispute. It's the, one, new, it's the new heat pump for 2022. I think somebody in the writers' room is getting uh, having troubles with the neighbours. <laughs> you reckon? Mm-hmm. And they're just channeling it yeah. into their script. They're like, write what you know. Write what you know. Bastard and his flipping fence. <laughs> um, next up, we've got the happy babby baby. Happy babby baby. Which that doesn't exist, but I'm on the call at that because it sounds it? fun to say. Yeah, is Abby actually pregnant with? Um, I think she is. I, I think wonder. she's lying. We'll soon find out, won't we? Um, we've Next. got a little bit more of the silence of the Sams, um, and then oh, here's another good one: snog Mariam or avoid. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I hadn't told <laughs> you that good. before, had I? Well done. You he saved has chosen to snog Mariam, Zidane. And one. I think this is the first time we've seen Zidane smile since his return back in uh, back in September. Is Please, it? So Mariam, take something, him. Right? Take him to London with you <laughs> no she's staying no in Weatherfield love, she said but the pair of you can get bent and ooh harsh words <laughs> and uh, well, I'm over was, it we also had a little bit of the cougar and the lion which is the Jenny and Leo story obviously um, because they had New Year's together but there's not a whole lot a to say about that can't have a lion now because it's a stupid cat None? a lion no we can't have a lion tomorrow we've got to take her back to the flipping vets again I've got so much work to do right case of the munchies jot dead Ted I will take on this bizarre story and I'll tell you what what I was happy about this week because there was some lots of raised eyebrows at a few things that were happening in Coronation Street this week I did genuinely appreciate that we got a couple of brand new stories for the new year because this 
feels like it's maybe going to run for a little bit. And it's not like the continuation of a previous story, is it? I mean, it it it's, it links on to the Curtis stuff, but it feels like it's a new chapter for a new story. So I like that. Um, and the same with the Tim stuff as well. There wasn't really any hint that that was that was happening before, um, you know, before New Year. Not very much, anyway. So new stuff already for twenty twenty two. Although I can't believe that either of them will be the uh, the big headline grabbing that's champion award winner in the twenty twenty two Conversation Street Awards. What do you reckon? I'm going to say no. Maybe no. We'll have to wait and see. Although the Ian McLeod um, annual New Year's um, interview, spoiler and everything that's going to happen this year, is out and about there. I haven't seen... No, I've seen one thing about it. I've seen a picture. Um, it's just... Um, no, I'm not even going to say that because it's spoiler free. But I, I haven't, well, I I haven't learned so anything please, from this. Can you mind your own business? I will. I will. It's, it's nothing big, but okay. So I don't know what's happening this year. Don't know whether Tim's going to die. I assume not. Don't know whether Emma and Faye Stop are going to get... waffling. Right, Friday. <laughs> so this kind of tied into Faye wanting her driving lessons, didn't it? And um, with, with Emma. And um, Emma isn't particularly fussed about taking her on another lesson when she could be hunting Curtis down. Uh, but she this does anyway. This is the very definition of... Um... No good deed goes unpunished. Yeah, I know. So um, they, they go for a lesson anyway. But then, oh no, when um, she gets out of the car later, Faye accidentally traps Tim's hand in the door because he's in the back seat for some reason. Good. And uh, yeah, it only gets worse from there for poor Tim. He has to take, uh, Emma has to take him off to the hospital. So they go there and look, there's Curtis in the car park. Who'd have thought what about that coincidence? They just happened to go to the hospital you know, that probably serves many, many tens of thousands, if not more, in Weatherfield. It's and not, there's Curtis. It's not weird because he's always there. Um, I don't think this is... I think you're making too much of a deal about okay, how okay. unlikely this would be. I think it's very likely. Well, maybe there'll be some more coincidences in this story later on that we can uh, pick to pieces. Well, I'm not doing this podcast anymore unless you call it coinkydinks. Co- coincidences. So, Emma goes up to him and she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry for all the things I said to you the other week. And he and he's still really passive aggressive about oh well you know I would have thought you might have believed me after after nobody else did I thought you might at least do um, and he's he's here apparently to see his psychologist again he I think did did you guess kind of straight away that he wasn't I think I believed him honestly what, do you remember what you thought about that No, I thought oh. he's just well, thought, thought oh thought, that's Curtis <laughs> not him again I thought she better not believe him because. I can't be doing this. Mm. I'm glad that I'm glad that it's gone the way it has, to be honest. So they, they sit and have a chat for a little while, and he's anxious about this appointment, he says, but he says uh, uh, he's very insistent that he wants to go in on his own, and that's kind of when the warning bells started going off, like, hmm, are you, are you sure that's where you're, you're going where you are? I don't know whether I quite believe that. So she says, look, well, maybe we can talk about this later, and he's like, yeah, chat to you later, I've got to go and see my head doctor. So later on, <laughs> Emma's chatting with Faye about... Um, not very much, particularly. I was just reading my notes. Uh, they have a sit and have a chat. I don't know what they're talking about. Nothing interesting. So um, anyway, Emma, en route to the, the hand ward, maybe, to go and see Tim. Or maybe she's just off to the bogs. I don't know. Just happens to be walking past cardiology later. And yep, there's Curtis in there demanding to see someone about this heart condition again. He wants to see in the shrink at it. all. So she shakes her head. She's got tears in her eyes. And um, I was very, very glad at that point to see that that she'd seen him for the massive liar he is. I mean, obviously she had before, but she was she didn't want to believe it, did she? She thought that that she'd be able that he'd turned a corner 
and um, nope. she'd be able to get back with him. But I think at this point, I was fairly confident that she was not going to go back to him. And I really, really hope that that's not going to be the case. Because I still don't know whether he's gone for good or not. But uh, anyway, he's, he tries to explain his way out of it. She goes up to him and calls him a liar and says, you said you're at the, the psychologist or whatever. And she says, look, I can't help you anymore, Curtis. But she has arranged for his dad to come along and pick him up, though. So they have a bit of a, um, a soppy parting scene together. And then Emma gets into the car. They'll go off home. That's the last we see of Curtis. Um, that we, we see something with her and Steve making up later because that was a silly little grudge that they had together. Um, and um, Faye, towards the end of the episode, tells Sally and Tim she's off for New Year. She's taken the car with Emma. She's going to leave it there if they need to um, or come back in the morning or something. I absolutely and, um, would not let this child leave that house with car keys for a New Year's Eve party. No, probably not the best idea. I will pay for your taxi. There and back. You're not taking the keys. You can't drive. <laughs> um, and then that was about it for that. Although I've put this in this, I put this in my notes in this part of the story as well. There was a little wise chat between Steve and Tracy at the end of the episode. Um, what's that got to do with this story? I don't know, but quite, really sure. I was going to say, quite apart mm. from anything else, this poor kid can't drive. It's going to be on the road with a bunch of lunatics. People in New Year's Eve driving around absolutely blooded. But how so many, many of them knocked down a, how many times a, an old you, bloke? How many times have you driven home from somewhere on New Year's Eve and seen idiots wheeling and weaving around the motorway? Loads of times. <laughs> I know, I know. Tim's just glad that he doesn't have to take her himself, I think. Tim's probably... So he can get blooded oh, himself. He's probably mad now because he could have made a mint being a taxi driver on New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah, yeah. But he's got a bad hands. Exactly, that's what I mean. Can I? Yeah. You can't. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, there was a scene between Steve and Tracy, which I thought was quite nice. It's, a, it's like, oh... I wish the pandemic sad was, o- was over. Tr- Tracy says, yes, I, I just wish for the end of the, to the pandemic. But it's, um, don't we all love? But it was, yeah, it was quite a quite nice, sensible scene between the two of them. So Monday then, um, we're into the new year now. Um, it's, uh, what, four days later maybe, or three days later, I don't know. But it's still only New Year's Day. Emma and Faye are driving back from their New Year's Eve party. And then she runs over this doddery old man who's dropped his ginger nuts in the road. So he's he's hobbling along there, isn't he, with his face mask and he's got his leg in a plaster and he's got a crutch and everything and these ginger nuts biscuits roll into the road and um, and he bounces right off the windscreen. And that was quite a good start to the new year. I, 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 I hadn't seen what was going to be happening in this episode. So I thought, oh, starting off with a bang there, literally. So they, they go out to see him and uh, surprisingly he's all right. And I really like this character of Ted. It's a shame that he drops dead about five scenes later. definitely supposed to like him. He was... And this is what kind of annoys me about Coronation Street is that they can do it when they need to. Yeah, mate, he, he could have been. I mean, he reminded me a bit of, you know, the, the Jez Stones or the, or the Dennis Tanners, the, the chirpy old guys. And it's like, oh, is he going to come into the street? As a cat? Oh, no, he's dead. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, well, he was very talkative. Um, he, he seems to have... I, I don't know how he managed to just get up and walk off again because he took quite a, a bounce off of that bonnet, didn't Adrenaline. he? Adrenaline. Yeah, must be. The company um, of two beautiful young women. So he just says, look, can you can you just take me home? Oh, no, first he says, I'm going to sue you. And he's like, nah, not really. <laughs> no, no, I it's really funny. <laughs> well, he was played by a comedian, wasn't he? Um, Dougie... That's right. Remember. The... The brother of Lynn Perry, who famously played Ivy Tilsley slash Brennan in Corey back in the 80s and 90s. So obviously so, um, he doesn't hold a grudge, or maybe he hated his sister. No, clearly not. Um, so that was really cool. He's been in Coronation Street a couple of times before. I can't remember what. I might have written it later in the notes later. Uh, he was great. 
on in the week. But yeah, I thought it was really fun. Um, I, I enjoyed all of his scenes there. They go back to his house together and he's just gabbing away, listening to, to Emma um, go on about Curtis. And I didn't know what was going on here. I thought, like, well, I'm just going to write down everything that happens and maybe it's, maybe it's um, got a purpose. Well, I can't and, see where this is going. <laughs> and Faye says, oh, I've lost a fake nail down the sink. And I go... Is that going to be important? I'll write that down just in case I've that's important. I've left some important. DNA in your, in your kitchen. But yes, I was right. That does that does go into play a little bit later. So they, they spend a bit of time at his house, go back home to the street, have a bit of a joke with him round about Emma being tipsy. First of all, they take a parcel. Oh, no, they don't, do they? No, no. No, I've not at this point. It. Later on, they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because he's still alive to take his parcels at this point. Imran's like... I can't believe you took Emma out driving, Faye, if you're still tiddly after New Year's Eve. And he says, if you were in an accident, you could have been in a lot of trouble. And he also says, now you've told me, because I'm a solicitor, I would be legally obliged to report this were you to get into an accident. So uh, watch out, Imran. Gosh, Imran and Emma. Which one of them is going to get sent to jail first? I hope Imran didn't go in jail. He's not going to because they didn't say, yeah, actually, now you mention it. We knocked an old man over. No, but they did say um, he did know that Emma was driving under the influence of alcohol. She wasn't he? driving. She was in oh, charge of the car. Oh, no, she was in charge car. of the Yeah, sorry, she was in charge of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, What's the point? This is why... He could get... Look, just let everybody take their little car beer around, sit in with their kid, teaching them how to do... Like, it's boring enough, isn't it? Can't we have a little car beer while we're teaching people to drive? <laughs> a bit of our ale. See, I, this is why I'm not going to be a driving instructor. <laughs> you, you, you have car slider anyway. Everyone's just you? a square. <laughs> Generally, I, I drive most of the time in our family. <laughs> and, uh, if we're going on a long journey, you always have a couple of ciders. No, or a, or, or, a, or a nice can of cocktail no, there with don't. you. Sometimes, sometimes. Um, right, so they go back um, back home again. Um Oh no, there's there's also, just to, to, to complicate matters further this week, Craig decides that he um, would like to move in with Faye. So he says, look, you want to move in together? Yes, we do. I'm sure They've this is going to cause any problems later. Bed. I know, I know. Shocking what? stuff. So she's now moving in with a police officer, having just knocked over an old man in the street, remember? I so think they- that you just automatically attract crime if you're a police officer. <laughs> they tried to tell him that she was a wronger and he can't go out with her while she's in prison, didn't they? As soon as, he, think, as, soon as she's out. No, do you think they were like... Them stairs messes. Um, Craig's like, I don't think I should be a police officer because I just think there's going to be a load of stories revolving around me being being in the police and everyone's going to get in trouble or get arrested and it's going to be really dramatic. And they're like, look, Emma Watts was the police officer and she's boring. All she did was <laughs> shoot a man to death at a supermarket. Very true. Uh, it is weird. I think, didn't somebody post about and this? And face... was also a cop. Yeah, well, she... Is he the first male policeman we've had as a character? Um, no, no, no. I'm going to say yes. No, there was, there no, was Emma's boring yes. partner that got, um, got into some trouble with, uh, with Les. No, he's not a main character though, is he? Trying to think. I'm going to say yes. Okay, you say yes then, and people feel free to write in and prove Gemma wrong, not me, well, because I'm, I'm hedging say, my bets here. Well, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, somebody put on our Facebook group earlier this week, I think, um, what's going on with Craig? Because he literally just seems to be used as the local copper now, doesn't he? Shh. The, the role Shh. that usually I is taken on by an expert, no, an, an extra, sorry, not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, no, co- no. policemen are notoriously difficult characters to portray. We need to get actual ones We need ones to in get here. a cop in here. <laughs> and, and also, there's, there's absolutely... There's nobody on 
the acting team at ITV that can play a policeman. No, no. There's no there's no talent left <laughs> capable. But they're all being poached by the ITV drama. Well, they literally, that's the joke. Literally every other TV show is gritty crop. Gritty, gritty, gritty crops. I don't want my gritty crops. <laughs> we don't want this letter. It's horrible. <laughs> um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so, uh, do you think that? Do you think Craig is literally just being the policeman at the moment? I suppose he's now involved His in this job story. Is but it's to still... like deliver bad news and tell people they're being arrested or yeah something. Yeah. Um, he... But to be fair, I mean, what are you going to do with him if he's a cop? I know. I, look, I don't want to get involved in this because I'm not being paid. I know this this this, this story that he's involved now is probably the biggest story he's had for a little but while. But he's still... being a cop in this story, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, but he's also still doing the whole don't tell anybody. But we're investigating a crime. Oh yeah, he was, isn't he? Because as the week goes on, Emma and Faye become um, strangely and and not at all conspicuously interested in this case I'm, I that really Craig wish... is investigating and Emma's just like oh it just sounds really sad this man um, I really wish that he had a bit of um, like common sense here Craigie to go why are you so interested because you don't <laughs> normally care I know I know they could have even invented some boring crimes that he's been investigating that Faye wasn't interested in yeah tell you what though at least he didn't train to become a doctor <laughs> Can you imagine that? Parent, 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 patient confidentiality, what's that? Yeah, you meant Dr. Gaddis. <laughs> oh, it's funny you should come into him because you know who else has got heart condition? Everyone else on the street. And guess who's on drugs? Yeah. Come here, I'll tell you. Also everybody oh, on the street. Do you want to look at my notes? Anyway, we, we, we digress. Emma is starting to get very worried about Ted later because she's like, we, we did knock him over and he said he was okay, but I, I think we know uh, going need to go around and see him again. We can bring him some replacement biscuits and stuff. I thought you say replacement hip. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I just forgot. The best line of the week, the one that gave us the biggest laugh was when Emma and Amy, Emma and Amy, Emma and Faye, go around to see him and he's and he's sort of sitting on the bonnet and uh, and he's got his leg in his cast and I was like oh my gosh you've broken your leg ah that was so that brilliant was really it was really so stupid funny. but <laughs> so it made me laugh that's a definitely an Emma and that like, is an Emma and, and then when when Faye points out that yeah he probably had that before she's like oh yeah but it's like <laughs> in the cartoon isn't it when Wally Coyote falls down the cliff and then he, uh, he's got he plasters out, all yeah. over him and bandages that was funny Coronation was Street funny. more of that sort of Emma please not the tragic Emma that this story seems to be going down the route of so anyway they go back to Ted and what do you know he's dead in his chair um, what are How they going they get to in? do? Oh, they break in, don't they? He he was so um, he had such a bad case of verbal diarrhea earlier. He told him that his code to get into the house was so, his birthday. It was his birthday. Yes. What are they going to do now? Then, hmm. Now, what would we do in this situation? And we'll see later, maybe. But their decision is that. Um, I don't even think I'd think that I had an option. I don't know. They, 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 what did they do? They decide to tidy up the flat. Well, they decide Faye to hide deci- all the evidence. Yeah, they, they, they give like, it a good let's old Let's not say that we were here. Clean. Let's go home and not say anything because no one can prove that we knocked him over and it wasn't actually our fault, so don't worry about it. Yeah. So uh, Faye thinks she's going to go back to jail, especially with Imran point- knowing that they were out driving and stuff. I just and- want to point something out. I genuinely don't believe that Emma was still drunk. I think she thinks she probably was, but I can't, can't. I can't believe that she was so drunk that she's still drunk the next day if she went to sleep. I don't know. I just I don't, don't believe it. Being drunk. I know that it's. I know that it's possible. It I know, of course, that it is very possible for this to happen. But I just. Th- I don't think that you get up that early. Well, they maybe just had an all-nighter. No, that's what the young uns are doing these days. I think it's possible that Emma's wrong about about 
the fact that she's but at this point there's no way to prove it one way or the other and if she's going to grass herself up then which which she does and that was very much in character with how she was acting this week wasn't it like guilty and wanting to confess and the uh, thing is it takes about an hour for you to metabolize a unit of alcohol hmm. so how much she'd been drinking new year's eve who's counting <laughs> so Faye says look Let's just go home. Let's not say anything. Let's leave the corpse on the couch. And Emma's like... The oh, what on the couch? The corpse on the couch. I thought you said the coat. <clears throat> no, I was doing a bit of alliteration there, but I also had a bit of a frog in my throat. Emma's really not happy about this. And she says, if they did, what if there's evidence? What if... And then they start reeling off a load of evidence. Like, what if there's CCTV? Yes, yeah, so all of that's probably what worth the, thinking about. What they don't consider at this point is, what if there's a fingernail down the sink? And I don't know whether, like, as an audience, we were supposed to be shouting, the fingernail, or if we were supposed to have forgotten that. But, yeah, but they'll probably as I said in. before, I wrote that down, so I remember. But. Probably come in and be like, oh, this is probably just one of Ted's special carers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, oh no, so this is when they start um, tidying up the house, isn't well, it? Bloody, this is what they gets me. a jolly me. good job. They're vacuuming. Yeah. In a flat, right? In a block of a block of flats. So someone's going to be, be like, what do you mean he's been dead for 12 hours? He was vacuuming. But he wasn't. He they they went back the same day. He must have only just be recently deceased at this point. So I, I think it. They went. Be fine. They went. They went and saw he was dead, and yeah. then they immediately cleaned up. Yeah. I just think that it's a stupid Hiding thing. The evidence. Can I just say it's just, if you're trying to like pretend you were never there, running a vacuum cleaner in the middle of the day when your neighbours are going to hear and go, "That's weird." Do you think the vacuum killed him? <laughs> Maybe. The excitement of I'm it. just saying, if you're, go- if you're worried about leaving evidence, you're making noises. But you, yeah, but they're not the brightest, are they? I think we're supposed to be seeing this week. Anyway, next drama is that somebody comes knocking at the door. It's only a parcel delivery. Somebody who's very insistent to deliver this parcel is it's looking like, through yeah. the letterbox. It's like, like listen, it's, it's um, what's it? Bank Holiday Monday. Take this parcel. I don't have to be delivering this today. Was it Bank Holiday Monday, it or was. was it, or was it Saturday the first of January, or they're just the same in Weatherfield? No, it was Monday. It was on Monday. I'm just yeah. saying it was oh, also New okay. Year's Day. <laughs> yeah, well, I still I had a parcel on Monday, but so Emma has to go to the door because this guy's seen her through the letterbox. I know so what she... a nosy old git. I know. Um, so she she just signs a little squiggle for it, and she's so she's really jittery. But time to go home. Emma says some some last words to Ted, and they head off. Get back to the street where Craig's there, obviously bounds up, saying, "Hey, flats, we can move in." To the, I found somewhere, and then he notices they're a little bit distracted, and Faye starts saying, "Look, don't worry about that. Let's go out for a drink and a takeaway later." And Craig's like sorted her in there. So Emma's freaking out at the end of the episode. Um, she's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a massive liar just like Curtis. And Faye says, you have got to keep stum about this. And if you don't, I could be going back to jail. Because she's on probation. She's on probation, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. Because they didn't just let her off for bashing a man near to death. No. They said, look, if you do you anything, don't... if you bash another man to death, mm. it's going to look like a pattern, isn't Head it? Head or otherwise, Faye. Any sort of bashing. Mm. We're going to take it very, we're going to very seriously. Yeah. Bible. Bishop. Anything. All, anything, yeah. 
Tuesdays, yes, there's, it was because it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, this week, wasn't it? So Tuesday's episode, Faye's been tossing and turning all night. She puts it down to prison nightmares when Craig asks her about it. And he's like, look, you don't need to worry about prison anymore because you're definitely not going back because you're a good girl, aren't you, Faye? You, uh, you promise not to bash men anymore. Yes. So Emma rushes up to Faye in the street and she has not been able to slink a, slink a week, sleep a wink <laughs> all night either. And um, Steve's there looking, seeing that they're looking worried. But he just goes, oh, what are you looking worried about? Oh, is it Curtis again? Yeah, but it's Curtis, isn't it? Emma is able to milk the Curtis excuse for most of the week, isn't she? If, yeah. any, if everyone really sees her looking a bit sad, oh, Curtis. Curtis, oh, Curtis. So Emma is taken to the cafe by Steve for a tin bun. And he says, look, you made the right decision over Curtis. He was a massive liar. And the fact that he could live with that fact every day, just covering up all these lies and deception and deceit, yep. shows that you're far too good for him yep. and a much better man, a much better person. Than he was, and Emma's like, he would never lie. So um, later on, Tim comes up to Emma with Ted's crutch, saying, "Was this in the car when you took it out um, last night, New Year's Eve, whenever?" And that was the uh, that was the dramatic cliffhanger for one half of the episode, wasn't it? And she she comes back after the break after having a thought for a was it half an hour thought or a three minute thought? I can't remember, but she says it was. It was from her costume for New Year's Eve. She was Tiny Tim. And I thought that was kind of funny as well, the first thing that came into her head. It's really stupid. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. Like, number one, why is it fancy dress? And number two, why are you dressed as a Christmas person? Did you get a discount? She should have said something like, I was dressed up as that little frog from the Christmas film or something. <laughs> and then the Tiny Tim. Because as we know, if, uh, the, the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol version is now the definitive version of that classic tale. Well, they so, use a lot of the of the speech from the from the book. I know, I know. Very faithful, apart so, from Gonzo's lines, I think. <laughs> no, Gonzo. No, he says rat, all the... the rat. Yeah, Rizzo is not. Rizzo, in, uh, Rizzo was not in the an original, original text. Character. No, no. So um, she rushes into the factory to find Faye, and at that point, I was like, is Faye, well, oh yeah, Faye's working at the factory at the moment. What's she doing? I didn't remember don't, this. Don't really know. She's Toya's assistant. Is Toya still working there? She wasn't working there. That. She's got Monday off. Michael's definitely working there, isn't she? Anyway, he. she finds, isn't he? I get everything wrong today. I, I get my pronouns wrong. Um, and he don't and get she's, pronouns I wrong. I know. And, for, and she, so she tells Faye and says, "Look, I've got this crutch now because this, this is monogrammed <laughs> with bloody idiot T whatever Ted thingy Ted, Ted face. dead man yeah." And um, so what, what, now we've got another lie and, and you need to join in with this lie as well. So you need, you need to, to say that this is my Tiny Tim costume. All the people at the party and say, do you remember my Tiny Tim costume? And they were like, bloody hell, I was bloody. I don't remember you coming with a crutch. That was a bit, as somebody says to Faye later in the week, who did you go as, Scrooge? And she's like, oh yeah, I didn't think no, of that. she went, ha <laughs> <laughs> um, So Emma whisks Faye off outside and says, I cannot keep lying about this. Faye says, no, we made the oh decision. God. Can you imagine being in cahoots with such a flake? I know. Can't go back there. This is the decision we made. So Emma says, right, okay, we're going to stick that. We're going to keep lying. Next scene she's in, she's found Weatherfield's only working phone box left and makes a call to Weatherfield Police Station, pretending to be Ted's neighbour, who she says, oh, I've not seen him in a few days. I hope he's okay. See, this is what I said earlier about the vacuum cleaner. I haven't seen him in a few days. Well... Actually, his neighbour saw him come in with two girls who then came back later and vacuumed up. Exactly. All the lies are starting to pile up. Yes. That's why you shouldn't do it. This is why I'd be a better criminal than Emma. 
<laughs> um, Michael speaks to Faye in the factory office about Emma later and um, he notices that she's been acting a bit weird and needy and Faye says, it's Curtis. Thanks, Curtis, for that. Back at home later and Faye breaks it to Tim that she and Craig are looking to get a flat together and Tim is chuffed for her because it means more rumpy-pumpy time for him and Sally probably with his, um, what was that thing that Sally had got in the rippable jock strap or something? Oh no, it was a pouch, wasn't I it? I absolutely with easy release blocked catch. it from my mind. <laughs> um, so in the pub later, Craig regales Michael with these tales of some bloke who's just dropped dead and has had mysterious bruising down his side. So this is the latest goss from the police station. All a bit suspicious, really. And Emma's there too, quite curry incidentally, and she's totally <laughs> compl- uh, freaking out about it. And she says... Oh, it's triggering because my dad died as well. Bye. He wasn't hit by a car or anything. He had cancer, but it's the same him, sort though. of thing. <laughs> she dashes out around the back and Faye whisks her out and back to the flat and says, what the hell do you think you're doing here? Stop acting so suspicious. What if they trace the call back to you? What if there was CCTV? What if, you know... Well, she said, yeah, I went to a phone box and she said, that phone box is like surrounded by a million cameras, you lunatic. Yeah. So uh, they've really kind of got themselves into a bit of a pickle about this. And Faye says, whatever happens, I am not going to prison again. And if the police catch up with Emma, over, uh, you, Emma, over this, you're on your own. So really, Emma is the one that's legally responsible for I the accident, I, isn't she? But yeah, to be honest, but they're I both... Think hide, hiding and lying might be a bit of a... No, yeah, no. I think it is as well. So if if um if I don't think she's gonna get away with this. No, she, that's what she. Well, if they thought she, if if they was doing this to me, I would definitely be uh, fingering her as well. And I don't mean what? in the Doctor Gadass Tim sort of way. Wednesday, last episode, um, Craig tells Faye that um we're getting in the forensic. You know this case. Do you know that what you're I'm really saying? Right, I'm gonna point in. this out. This is the most um the most the Weatherfield cops have ever investigated any crime that's yeah, ever happened on the street. Do you remember when we were like totally obsessed about the earring that Anna left I, in? I know, that's our And thing. we were like, they're going to find it, the police are going to find going to match it, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, hmm, nah. Maybe it was after that incident they decided to open up like, the forensics you know what? department. This, these crimes keep just happening, don't they? We tried to Especially say... Especially around this area like, here. stop doing crimes to each other and we tried to educate people and it won't listen... Mm. we tried to block them up and then new ones come along <laughs> and they're managing to investigate all of this without any detectives as well it seems isn't it there's no I don't know how policing works no no, um, no Abney are detectives no, the only ones that are supposed no to work McKinnon. stuff out yeah so what if a, if a normal beat cobber comes in and it's like hang on what's happened here like don't even think about it don't even try <laughs> yeah, yeah this exactly. is how things get messed up Craig sit down so, there's another scene later with Michael and Emma. He offers to buy her a drink in the cafe. She's still a bit stressed out, though. Faye comes to talk to her, but gets sort of shown the door because Faye obviously last episode said, I'm going to well, totally no, she's like, send you down. I need to get this nail. But, yeah, no, that is later on. She, yeah, oh yeah, that's right. She comes in and says, I need to talk to you. And, and Emma's like, bugger off. So, but then later on, Faye comes to the Rovers, you all panic, saying... Then my, it's my nail. Remember my fake nail that I, I, I dropped down the sinkhole the other day? We need to go back to the flat and get it. How on earth does she think she's going to do this? She wants to try and get in before the forensics get there. And I was thinking, are they going to... I was wondering whether they were going to have a scene where they were hiding from the cops, but we didn't get it because Emma point blank refuses to go back here, especially after how Faye's been treating her recently. She says, 
Emma says, I need to start looking after myself now. So they kind of end that scene being a bit at uh, loggerheads with each other. They don't other. like each other anymore. However, and this is going to cause a bit of a problem. This is going to confound the issue a Tell little me. bit. Craig decides we can move in with Tyrone and Emma. That'll be a nice <laughs> little happy family together. You guys, you girls like uh, spending time with each other, don't you? Yeah. Why don't you live with each other then? <laughs> Tyrone's thinking, thank goodness the heat is off me after that last year. So they um, tell Sally later, before long, they're trundling their luggage over to the flat. Emma's not looking happy about this, obviously. She and Faye get their heads together later and Faye says, look... Stop don't want to fall out with you about this. We can't really if we're going to be flatmates together. Maybe we can just, you know, stare at each other's hair. But Craigie decides, let's have a lovely get-together in the evening. Let's watch some films together or something. Let's, let's uh... start a podcast about movies. Yeah. And um, and then also, by the way, guess what? Latest developments, breaking news about the old Drop Dead Ted uh, story. Somebody accepted a parcel at that flat late, um, earlier that day. wonder who that was. Well, we're going to find out who signed for it and we're going to get them see i don't i just don't believe i don't believe any of this i think it's i think it's so far-fetched that they would be this like they don't even know if this death is suspicious and honestly i don't know enough about policing i've only ever seen everything i know about it is either how they buckered up um murder cases from true crime podcasts or watching like detective shows Mm. but surely at this moment, they would be using when was the parcel signed for as the time of death. Like, it has to be at some point after this. Tell the coroner. No, and no, no. The because cor- it, well, because it, at this point... At this but, point, they don't know when he died, do they? No, but so they also like, right, know that it coroner, wasn't Ted who signed it. They don't know that. Well, they they would do, because the, the, the parcel... No, would have the said, parcel Here's was this. a squiggle. Yeah, but, the, but they would have known that that's not Ted's signature. Why? Because they probably know what Ted's signature is. No, but I don't agree with that. No, I think I can't remember what Craig said. I don't agree with that. I think that you would go, right, okay, so he definitely was alive at that point. And then if the coroner comes back and goes, no, he was probably dead for so-and-so a number of hours, then they'd be like, hang on a minute. Well, there it is. Well, I'm telling you. Okay. I mean, who has a consistent signature for a parcel? And anyway, the other thing I want to point out is... Every single time people come to give me a parcel these days, I don't sign for anything because of COVID. I don't think anyone signed for anything in this country for about two years because of COVID. What they do is they deposit the parcel at your feet and then take a picture of you, which is normally me in my pyjamas standing in a doorway <laughs> going, just give me the stuff and go away. Stop humiliating me in front of the neighbours. Well, I think that um, Emma would have found that situation difficult to get out of if he'd, uh, if he'd got his camera out, wouldn't they? Wouldn't she? So anyway, the story ends for well, this week. Well, this is week. what I mean. This oh. week, can I just say, that would have been the perfect, like, oh God, how are we going to get out of this? Yeah. Because that... this would have been how it would have actually happened. This is what, like, I think it's DPD and Hermes that do that. And it wasn't the Royal Mail that came round because they wouldn't have come round on that day. Detective work, Craig. Try it. He is whatever happened today. He was going into detective. I think he's not he? very good. So they went, look... <laughs> It's not going to work out. Let's just put you as front desk, shall we? Look, you are on, a detective, let me finish but it this, doesn't Gemma. say that let on my case No, you, but you are, though. Emma says to Faye at the end of the episode, I'm a bit worried this net's closing in on me now. What if the delivery truck driver can describe me? Um, Faye says, that's why we need to stick together. No, that's so, why we need to tell the police. No. That's, yes. No. Yes. That's not what Faye thinks. Well, Faye so. is a criminal, isn't she? She is a criminal, let's face it. She, she's a double criminal now. Uh, as utterly ridiculous as this story was, and it really was one 
coincidence after another, one bad decision after another, one kind of slap your head, what on earth are you doing here, ladies, moment after another. I kind of enjoyed it in a sick sort of way. I liked how there was a bit of a surprise death, and I've had a look at the synopses for um, this week's episodes as well, and it didn't say in there that he was going to die. So I think people who've seen the, who had seen the spoilers would have known that he was going to get hit by the car but not that he died and and they mm. would and it, and it looked like they were just covering up their head so it was a surprise death first thing and um i just enjoyed the the, the ridiculousness of, of it i have really. to say when he didn't immediately die i thought oh what is this a story about then? Lonely old men? Or well, yeah, it could be. It could be, you know, rehabilitating this old lonely old man. Rehabilitating him? Really what, to, to him. grow younger? Have you tried not no, being I didn't old? Mean that word. I don't know what I meant. You know, get, getting him some friends because he was maybe a bit lonely. Although... And then they'd be firm friends and but never see each other ever again. Yeah. Um, maybe he could, be, he could have been Evelyn's boyfriend. Mm. So the question is, was it actually just natural causes or did he really die of some kind of internal... Emridge or something. I don't know. I mean, he. I, I, I can't remember whether he'd said the, the, what was wrong with him. What, how did he. What even... do you mean? And they, haven't, they don't know what, what he died of yet. No. What did he have a bad foot for? He did say, didn't he? I can't remember. He first he said it was a war wound, but then he. Uh, then he was just joking. I can't remember. I think um, it's probably going to turn out. It can't turn out that he died because of the car crash. They're not going to make Emma and. Um, Faye manslaughterers for this unless this is Faye's final hurrah exit on Coronation Street which I seriously don't think it is because they would have just kept her in prison for the three years I'm not I'm obviously too much of a an innocent person because I can't help but think like well they didn't they didn't mean it What's the problem? Well, that's why if they'd have done the sensible thing straight away and and reported it, maybe they would have got you know let off with a slap wrist. I, I do, it was, I do it was Emma being under the influence, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they would have. But then you see, they would have breathalysed her and said, "No, you you're not. You're just an idiot." But, but that foggy, Emma, Emma would have that probably foggy brain in... feeling that you've got is just how thick you mm. are. I think Emma would have insisted, or she would have slipped up or said something to to um, implicate herself. I, I think yes, but um, it, it's it, it's go it's probably going to get sillier, and and yep. and at the moment, Faye and Craig and people like that aren't necessarily my favourite characters. Emma is I do like her, but giving her another tragedy literally just after Curtis is a bit silly, a bit much. Also, we need to point out as well, this isn't the only story going on in Coronation Street about people covering up a death. Because literally at the same time, in the same episodes, you got Alia and Zidane saying, oh, we know what happened when Hashim died and he came in and he passed and he died in front of us and we didn't give him resuscitation straight away. So they're trying to cover up this. It's very, very similar, that storyline. And oh no, now um, Mariam's going to come and move in with you, Zidane. It's literally the same thing, isn't it? As we're going to move in with Craig, the police officer, the person who doesn't we do who we don't want to find out about it, and and it's also the same as um, Kelly moving in with Gary and Maria, whilst Gary's trying to cover up the circumstances um, in which Rick Nealon, her dad, died. So we've got three death cover-up stories going on at the moment, and people moving in to people moving them. in to live with the person who shouldn't really be finding out about this. Is that is it's that a bit, a bit much? stuck in a rut, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I, I guess it's it's a symptom of you know it's a soap. We've got to have people being killed off because that's the most dramatic thing that can ever happen. I know, but I do think they get themselves stuck. Like I said before about the old 
how the old um, movie studios used to make the same movie twice, like when they made Ants and a Bug's Life mm. in the same year and Dante's Peak and Inferno or whatever it was, where they just do the same movie twice because oh, they, they steal each other's ideas. But they're doing it to themselves in the same show. <laughs> I know. Do you think the writers are saying, I, I can do my story better what than you can? if we do a cover-up of somebody who died and then the other one's not really listening and neither is the, the person in charge of the meeting and then someone else goes... I just have an idea. And they're like, yep, yep, tick, tick, tick. Oh, good. Let's go ahead with it. We've got six episodes a week to fill here. They're not going to notice. <laughs> they don't even watch it. They sit there on their phones tweeting rubbish about it all day long. But they, do they watch it? No. <laughs> the other thing about this story, I thought, is um, in parts, it was played for comedy a bit, wasn't it? Which Coronation well, Street has been... more shocking when he... Coronation just... Street has been accused of making light of death a little bit too much over the past year, what with a comedy funeral parlour opening up on Victoria, Victoria Street. And um, the other Ted's funeral, this is the second Ted who's been killed off in Coronation Street in the past 12 months, isn't it? Because lovely gay Ted, uh, Gail's dad, was killed off about a year ago after the whole Fanny incident. And then they had the, the hilarity with um, Eileen driving the hearse and making a hash job of it. Well... So it's not it's not good to be a Ted on Coronation Street. And uh, and Ted Sullivan, Rita's, Rita's Ted. Lovely gay Ted. No, he wasn't lovely gay Ted. Oh. I just literally talked about lovely gay Ted. Lovely gay Ted was Gail's Ted. I'm, I'm... This was lovely sweet shop Ted. Died in 92, watching Percy Sugden playing bowls. Don't be a Ted on Coronation Street, it's cursed. Um... Do you have sympathy no. for one or either of the characters? What's the matter? I don't. Who do you... I, I think that Faye has been a bit of a nasty manipulative piece of work here. Um, I know that she's just trying to protect herself, but she's been pretty horrible to poor simple Emma, isn't she? Emma's a grown woman. She's, old, she's older than Faye as well. <laughs> but um, mm, I think... Uh, I get frustrated with these, like... Let's make a series of ridiculous decisions. But equally, if this whole show was just, oh no, let's call the police. Please come. Yes. It wasn't your fault. Oh good. What, is this the end of the episode? Yes. More time for adverts. <laughs> look at this Look at this beautiful coffee table. It's, it, I, I, do, I do quite like how it's um, dovetailed nicely onto the, um, the Curtis story. Can I talk about, can I talk about Tim now? Have we, have we talked enough about this? Yeah, it's an hour. What is that? No, I, I just wonder, um, do you think this is it for Curtis? Can we just say He's, that? Curtains for Curtis, yes. Curtains for Curtis. We're not going to see Curtis back again. I don't again. want to see him again. It's fine. I've seen enough of him. This okay, reminded me, it. this little Curtis bit reminded me very much of the Coda to the Jude story. Where, oh, um, Coda. Yeah. Where, have you uh, been doing literacy? Yeah, I have actually. Where do you remember when Mary and was it Roy went to Blackpool to see him and he turned out to be he's pretending to be Doctor Barlow and then he says I'm going to go and buy some ice cream and then he doesn't come back. That was like a last final chance for Jude to redeem himself, wasn't it? Just like this week's episode was the last chance for Curtis to redeem himself. Well, I'm glad that I don't. I'm sorry if anyone's listening who has uh, factitious disorder or you know something similar, but I'm glad that they didn't go. Oh, don't worry, we've cured it. <laughs> They they had um, Faye sanctioned to be called fictitious disorder, didn't they, this week? And Emma didn't well, it's get better it. than facetious disorder, which is what I was calling it for weeks. <laughs> we, well, we now, we now, Coronation Street teaches us things. Finally, 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 people are wondering whether Michael and Emma are going to be a thing. They did um, have a lingering conversation, which in Coronation Street is basically being married. 
Yeah. Um, I think they could work well together. And I know not everybody likes Michael. Not everyone likes Gemma as well. But I think they could be quite a fun Gemma. couple. Uh, so Emma as well. I thought they could be quite a fun couple together. You um, just like the fact that it sounds a bit like Michael and Gemma. I do very much like how Michael and Emma sound like Michael and Gemma. And if they do put them together, then I will take it as a personal tribute. Um, unless they be. make them into Corey's worst couple ever. <laughs> Can't. Well, Chesney's not involved. <laughs> okay, Gemma. Oh, you can now talk about how Tim's Tim gonna die. is going to die. Tim's going to die. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not real, so it's okay. Um, Tim's tricky ticker. On Friday, um, he's got his sad hand, hasn't he? And um, she starts whittering on about going shopping and reminds everybody that he's got a heart condition. Yeah, because it's like, oh, should I buy some choc ices or whatever? Oh, don't forget you've got a heart condition, Tim. Yeah, so um, he there's so lots of comments about you keep buying snacks and she's like, well, you keep eating them. And it's like very, I'm sure, we don't have this conversation, but I'm sure very many people have this uh, thing where they're like, I'm trying to diet, but you keep buying nice food and I keep eating it. Stop doing it. We need to, I need to be healthy. And the other person's like, but I like olives or whatever. <laughs> um, we have got lots and lots of snacks in We the just moment, don't so care at the moment because life's too short. <laughs> So, um, well, look, I've got other things to worry about. So she's like, uh, they go to the Rovers and oh, I hated this bit because they, they, it looks like they're having, hosting some kind of celebration that never happens because they go to the Rovers and then when it's time for the fireworks, she goes and wheeze in Victoria Gardens. That was weird. I hated that I so like much. That. I did not get it. I don't know who, why anybody thought that was a good idea. Don't think Sally would ever do that. Her house was literally closer to where she was than, you know, why was she yeah. over there? She had to have gone past her house. I know. It ma- doesn't it, make it any was, sense. It was really weird. And I cannot, I cannot think that Sally, the ex-mayor of Weatherfield, when your house is that Miss close, posh snob of the wouldn't... street, would have dropped her knickers to wee in the Victoria Gardens. Come I don't on. believe, I think it's one of the stupidest things that, that, and it's so inconsequential as well. It's not like it was, unless it's going to be part of a plot. I don't. Well, it could, it could be. Somebody like, going, oh, I saw her doing a wee, but. I'm not going to vote for her. She, she wees in, pe- in, just, in the public garden. I just found it insultingly stupid. And I also don't think that anybody should be weeing in public. I don't get why, if you're, especially if you're near your house, don't, don't be so disgusting. It's horrible. Look, especially in a public garden that children go in. At least she didn't do it in Seb's memorial garden. <laughs> Imagine if Abby had caught her. <laughs> Tim, I need friendship a, over. Tim, I need a poo. I need to go behind the screen. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm I've got very strong views about this. Obviously, so about public urination. If you want to do a wee, just don't tell me about it. Go behind I a don't tree want or something. To know. And I know that dogs and other things we outside. Not talking to the dog listeners here. Just the humans. Humans shouldn't be weeing outside. We invented plumbing. And you've got a house. Anyway, he gets a bit upset and he's like, and then, the, you know, because everybody talk, thinks about the future on New Year's Eve and he's thinking, oh, I'm going to have to live with this bloody public pisser woman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you have to take that out. Um, you can say that. Um, and he's saying, oh, I've got heart problems and you're trying to kill me with chocolate ices. And then they say, let's have a health-related storyline. So they do. I thought this was going to be another... 
let's all do some exercise because they I like to throw these in do. every couple of years. They don't like to patronise us, and then they kind of don't know what, where to go with it. They're so they like, oh just... god, and then let's have Gail and Audrey doing a power walk down and the they street. They love make that. It vaguely comical, like look at these idiots thinking they can live longer by having a smoothie. The stupid morons. Well, then they've had the ones there, like was it like Devon, Stephen, Tim, or Lloyd or something? I can't remember competing to see who's heart rate can be reduced yeah, the most after I just a month find it a bit silly because we don't really need to be making fun of people trying to improve their health we're not we? and it's also it, it kind of feels like it's a bit of a, a lecture about hey what are you doing sitting on your bums watching no, it Coronation isn't. It's like you we, should be it's like we want to we want to lecture you about your health but we're also too cool to take it seriously so <laughs> look well, at that this certainly takes a turn for the serious as the week goes on so they're making smoothies um, I remember somebody telling me their doctor told them that fruit is just fancy sugar which I don't agree with but probably would also say the same about smoothies um, your smoothies <laughs> usually oh. involve peanut butter and ice cream don't they yeah but it's re- I've been having nice banana and um, lotus Was yes it? We've, we've been making Biscoff lots of ice cream with my smoothies. ice cream maker that my parents got me for Christmas <gasps> it's the best that is the best <laughs> present that Gemma's parents have ever got us I think ice cream maker yeah. made chocolate made vanilla made Michael's, my lotus Michael made has caramel. been making chocolate uh, ice cream that was what we did on New Year's Eve yeah we made lots of so ice cream. So I didn't cream. have to socialise, I just stayed in the kitchen and made ice cream. Michael, brilliant. I hate to tell you this, but you were socialising, because you and Rachel were making yeah, ice Rachel cream together. Anyway, so Tim says to Peter about, he wants to get a health MOT from Dr Gaddis, and um, Peter's like, oh, she's going to stick her finger up your bum. <laughs> and, he's, and she's Very like, serious. and then they say... That happened to me one of these days. Worse, <laughs> worse things can happen. Okay, I'm telling everybody. I know. Um, then they're like, did you know Dr. Gallus is a lesbian? <laughs> and she's got a wife. Of course, because she's always drinking in the pub and socialising around socializing parts, with apparently. her wife. She just she just goes out on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays. And she's always getting bladdered and leaving her car in town. Yeah. You notice that? And she's got a son. This is the most backstory we've ever had about Dr. Gallus. We're teasing it the, together. The, the, the internet appreciated Can this. you be a doctor if you've got a dark past? You can, as long as you're, yeah, you can, as long as you're... I don't know what I'm as saying. long as they don't find out, I guess. Tim embarrasses himself when he goes to see Dr. Gathers and immediately takes his pants off because he's waiting for her to get on with it. And she's like, no, I don't I don't need to access your back passage. No, she, yeah, she stares low. Let's start off with the, what she say, the tricky part or the unpleasant Let, let me part ask you or... questions about yourself. So he comes, he comes and tells Sally, oh, it's all fine. I've had a great time. But he's sad, actually. Didn't finger up my because... Um, it turns out that he actually is lying and he didn't pass his medical exam. Um, he's got a big failure written on his hand. <laughs> that was you, wasn't it? Um, did it in his sleep. We don't find that about the end. Well, no, he's saying to her, she's saying to him, oh, look, I know what it's like because I have my cancer things and you're always worrying something's going to be, um, you know, gonna, they're going to find something because i don't know if if you don't know anyone who's had cancer if i had cancer yourself you probably wouldn't really know but if you have cancer you have to go back quite you know at regular periods yeah. for them to check to see if you're still okay which is horrible because mm. you're always worrying oh great you know is this when i find out yeah i remember mummy used to have to keep going back didn't she yeah so she, so he's going along with this but then he's he gets a phone call when it turns out he's, well, she's having a shower to say, you need to come in for your appointment tomorrow 
because you're going to die. Tell you what, they're very efficient, the Weatherfield Medical Service. They're like, they? look, we've only got a certain number of characters. New Year's Day, rock up at the, the practice, finger up the bum. Next day, you're in hospital. Next day after that, you got your angiogram. It's brilliant. It's because there there's nobody in, in Weatherfield that has actually got COVID, it seems, is there? Somehow managed to completely skip there. I was just thinking, you know how they're talking about they made a massive deal, and the reason I was making fun of Dr. Gallus being a lesbian is because they made such a kind of funny deal about going on about it twice. Hmm. Um, is she the only lesbian we've got? Um, well, we've got Nina and got Nina, Nina and, and Asher. I can't think because Kate's gone away, and I think it's good. I think we I need do. more, but I don't think they're gonna, she's going to be in a love triangle with Nina and Asher, I which is why they usually so. introduce another gay character. Yeah, I um, I do, I I, do, I just appreciate getting a bit of, of development for her, to be honest. I love Doctor Gaddis so and, much, but they kind of trick me. I think, oh, are they bring in Doctor Gaddis and as a new, yeah, why as a are regular they, character. Why are they telling? Why are they telling us this? Have they been told off by Ofcom or something? <laughs> They're just teasing us and making us think that they're going to have her as a regular. Because this is the first time that we've seen her in the flesh for ages, hasn't it? Because she's had a couple of video call scenes over the past I year or you, so. Dr. This is the first time we get a look at those gadass pins for ages. Pins? Legs. That's what men I know. call legs. Oh, do you? <laughs> when did you see her legs? Well, when she was walking, walking around with Tim. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, on Tuesday, Tim's got his text going, don't forget. Um, he tells Sally he can't go running with her later because he's got a bad hand and he's got to go to work. And she's like, um, look, I bought a special pair of leggings for 30 quid. And honestly, Tim, you can be such a drama queen sometimes. Then Sally sees Peter in the pub and he says, Tim, she says, oh, Tim's got to go to work. And he's like, no. Um, yeah, they, she... He basically, she basically finds out he's lying and Peter tries to cover um, for him, but it doesn't work. And... Then yeah, if he, he's not that, he's where for Barry. is he? But I just saw Barry. Barry's working. It, Who's I, Barry? I explained it. She goes to see Curtis's heart doctor, and he's like, "Guess what? You're faking it." No, she doesn't. No, it's a man. He doesn't. Um, because <laughs> he can only he can only diagnose factitious disorder. <laughs> and I thought it was nice that we got to see Curtis him again. is jealous as hell at he's this mega point. He's like, "What? Do, why do you get a heart condition? That's not fair." Anyway, the doctor's saying, um, Dr. Gallus is a bit concerned about your heart. You, have you been getting short of breath? And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just getting old. And he's like, oh dear, no, I think that's bad. Um, we have to get you a angiogram, um, which I think involves injecting dye into your blood. And then go, oh, look at that. Where's it going? Um, and, he, the, and he says, do you want to be sedated? And he says, no, I need to get on with my life. I, I can't um, be having people picking me up. Because um, if, if you've got sedation, you can't. Can't drive, drive yourself. Emma probably would. I'm really mad about this because I went to... The, I remember seeing a thingy on the, in the doctor's surgery going, if you ever get short of breath, go and tell the doctor. So I did and they were like, you're just fat. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you though, but can do you not want to check anything else? <laughs> I know I'm fat. I can tell that. But like, is that the only reason? They're like, no, no, just go away and come back get when you're not fat. And find we'll, out. we'll find out then, won't we, fatty? Get out of the office. <laughs> So anyway, I'm a bit. I'm Roll still. You out. I still hold a grudge about that because I could have. I could need an angiogram, couldn't I? Mm. Anyway, um, he's gonna be fine. Don't worry about it. Nobody, don't tell anybody. And the doctor's like, you need to rest and don't do anything. Don't have any shocks. Don't have any revelations. Don't keep any secrets. <laughs> don't go running. Don't buy new lycra leggings. And definitely don't eat a chalk ice. 
so he walks out and then he, he runs off. Don't have off. a daughter who it turns out has just killed an old man in the yeah. street. Yeah, and don't drop your wallet on the way don't out. Don't drop your wallet but and have it be picked up like, by your neighbour. I'll do what I want, thanks. Don't tell me what to do, doctor. Whoop, there goes my wallet. wallet. And Aggie goes, who, what? You've left your wallet. And then she goes through his stuff for some reason to find his number. It and then like she, she phones him up. Tom out, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what She's it was. Like, it was just, you know, the piece of called, card I'm we all have with sure. our home numbers on I'm in our wallets. I'm pretty sure that it was a condom. And she's like, can't have this before your angiogram. <laughs> I loved it how Aggie just happened to be there. The whole of the hospital. Well, she, she's in all the departments all the time. I know. She's a super nurse. She, just, she, she is. But she's in the COVID ward. And then she goes to um, the children's ward. And now she's in cardiology. She's everywhere. So she phones his landline number and goes... Tim, you've left your thing in the cart department when you were having your special consultation that's a secret. Then she goes round and takes it to him and t- tells him that she's left a message. And he's like, oh no, don't tell anybody. I don't want anyone to know. Yeah, well, I thought I thought this was a bit of um, a bit of rug pulling because I, I think I, like everybody who hadn't been spoiled, would have assumed that Sally was going to listen to that message. Which I don't know why they the put tradition that in scene soap. in. Anyway, um, Sally comes home later and she says... Um, it's, just you- the, it's just a way of... Reconfirming, I don't want Sally to find out about this and Few wasn't that close and how am I ever going to keep this a secret if I keep dropping my wallet in cardio departments? I think you should just take your phone and pay with things on your phone. Hmm. Um, so she's like, Sally comes back and says, are we supposed to go running and you, you ran off without me? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> um, I don't know how long she went for a run, but it was long enough for him to drive to the hospital, sit in the waiting room go and have a consultation, come out, leave his wallet, go back home and have a conversation with Aggie. So I assume that she's training for a marathon. A couple of times around the red rack. I don't believe Sally. I reckon she went to Costa. <laughs> you reckon? Costa's not there anymore. No, she's it's not, Where's she it? went to? She's um, off eating pies somewhere. She got to the red rack and then found the bypass there and then just ran ran off down the bypass to wherever it's going <laughs> I from. I love bypasses. And so, and Tim's, Tim's like, like well, don't say bypass. It's very triggering at the moment. So she's not happy that he's got a lack of effort going on here about this health kick that they're supposed to be getting onto. Um, then Sally tries to seduce him with a sexy striptease, but Craig comes along and she and uh, Isn't that hilarious. Then uh, immediately, same day, they've had his angiogram somehow. No, they just had tests. Oh, anyway, they say yeah. Anyway, they say you've had, you you have got thickening. Oh of no, your... I think I've just written my notes in the wrong. You put place. it in the wrong place, haven't you? That's a bit um, of a spoiler. Tim's voggling angiograms on Wednesday morning, and Sally's wants to go for another jog, and he's like, "God damn it, woman! We already went yesterday," but he won't. She won't listen. Makes him wear his outfit, and he's kind of half-heartedly f- um, flouncing around. Um, he sees Craig using Faye's laptop and he's like, don't look on there. My search history. Can you delete it, please? Yeah, because that's where he's been doing his boggling, isn't it? Um, uh, then Aggie sees them right out running and she's like, why are you running when you're supposed to be not running? Well, no, she doesn't know at first. She's like, oh, was everything okay? I thought that the heart department... I thought you were going to die. And he's like, no, shut up. Please, yeah. can you be quiet? Don't tell anybody that I've got my thing. Remember everybody that's watching, I've got a secret. Yeah, no, the fact when he says, shut up, she realises that at that point that this thing's serious. Shona overhears them talking about 
talking about a secret that they both know and she said tell Sally about it and uh, Shona knows now that they've got a secret together which Shana's is gonna... like, I, I used to have a secret about a wallet remember when I came into it I'm, I used to be a scallywag do you remember that <laughs> nothing comes from this but um well Shona's now got some kind of ammunition to suspect them of having an affair so that what? Can... that would never happen would no, it no misunderstanding misunderstanding, misunderstanding where the spouse thinks that their partner's having an affair with their neighbour never Sally goes in the rovers looking for Tim Peter's not seen him I think that that's also from a different part of the story. At the hospital, um, Aggie's, Aggie makes um, Tim take no, her is, to the hospital. This is the same, because this is Listen, when he's doing his angiogram. Yeah, I know. She goes to the hospital with him, and he's all sad, and she's like, um, they say you've got thickening. I don't know. Everything's all over the place. Tim, you're getting thicker and thicker. And it happens to many people in Coronation Street. The longer they stay in it, they get thicker. You should see Kirk. <laughs> anyway. Gail, Steve. Um, could happen to anyone. The, the doctor says you're going to need a triple heart, by- heart bypass operation because your arteries are all thick. And he says, but wait, I've since you told me, I've hardly had any trochoises. So, because I knew I had a heart condition, so I was trying to be good. And they're like, well, sometimes it doesn't even matter what you do, so don't even bother. Yeah, he, he's, he's, saying, he <laughs> he's saying I've been eating well for quite a while now, actually. It's not yeah. just saying since, since yesterday. No, yeah, that's what I mean. I've not got out the ice cream maker Sorry, at all. Sorry, I didn't make that more obvious, <laughs> but yeah. Well, sometimes it doesn't. it genuinely doesn't matter what you, what you do. You can try your hardest, but it's genetics. So the doctor says... Um, you're going to need to get this sorted out. And he's like, go look her. Goes back, um, gets moaning. He wants a second opinion. He goes and eats crisps and has a beer. Um, Aggie finds him and she says, you better watch yourself and don't eat bacon crisps because those are one of the leading causes of heart attacks. Because that's the other thing the doctor says. It's like, if we don't get this sorted out, you could definitely die at any moment. Yeah. This this is uh, by this point the the notes that I had in the other yeah you've got it all over the place is... and then you're moaning at me for not being able to read it well, so um so you've got you've got the dilemma of Tim who's who's secretly got a heart condition and he can't do exercise and a wife who wants him to do exercise oh oh no maybe I should tell her no Tim's decided that it's a secret for some reason. Um, and he won't he won't have Nookie with her when she buys him a naked butler outfit because he says he's a bit tired. And then she comes down and has a go at him and accuses him of not fancying her anymore and moans and moans and moans until he gets mad and has a go at her. And then he sits on the bench and has a flashback session to the things that just got told to him earlier in the episode. With, which was really offensively some... spoon-feeding everybody information. Just in case they forgot, why is Tim looking sad on Maxine's bench again? Oh yeah, we need to play the clips to remind us what he's thinking. Yeah, we did not need to be reminded. And also have do. some like high-pitched ringing. <laughs> like he's got, like we've all got tinnitus. I'm sure there must have been quite a few um, viewers of Coronation Street on, on Wednesday. Is that what, me? What is, yeah, where's, where's that? Oh, it's coming from the TV. It's tinnitus, that's what it is. I thought Sally was really bang out of order here for treating him turning down her offer of sex as, like, a massive insult. Sometimes, Sally, people are not into it, okay? Just calm down, you weird rabbit woman. No, but Sally and Tim, they are always I know, but I, I thought this was really poor of her, like... As far as we know, this seems to have been the first time in his life <laughs> that Tim has ever turned down sex. When I wouldn't do it, it just came as a shock to her then. Well, I know, but she can't she just take it like, okay, fair enough. I think I thought she was out of order. I think she overreacted. I think it's like kind of a bit rapey to have a go at somebody and be like, oh, well, don't you fancy me then? Maybe we should just get divorced. <laughs> get over yourself. Um, 
it was yeah it's just to kind of show it that was to like go yeah to, to tim's the series to build the the tension between the couple so that then she can say that's strange tim doesn't want to have sex with me at the moment and then shona can go maybe he's just banging um aggie because they were talking about a secret <laughs> you were gonna and say I shaggy her, there that's what her surname, i saw her uh, standing around in the cardio department with Tim's wallet looking at his condoms. Okay, <laughs> oh, it's a Trojan one. I'll, I think I know who my next one is going to be. <laughs> oh, Marmite and Marmite Banana, my favourite. <laughs> Just going to take this out of the wallet and put it in there. It's going to squeeze it, in, it out onto the next my batter recipe. Shut up. Right, we've said enough about that. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, I thought, just going back to that don't last want an, scene Don't want another Tim. medical storyline, please. That's I, the end of my... You, you, you always hate medical storylines. They're always of... in it. They went years and they hardly had any. You don't need medical storylines. Have a bit of... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just... I hate them. They make me so anxious. There, there was there were some real similarities between this and the Sinead story, actually. And, like, and I know you didn't see much of that. But um, even that thing where they had the, the characters, the ringing sound in the characters, and then they kind of snap out of it. That was that was exactly what was used in the scene where Sinead's in with her consultant being told that her cancer is terminal. And uh, so uh, I think they're trying to make us, I think they're trying to redo the Sinead storyline here a little bit. Apart from he's not going to die, is he? Because he's Tim. He's going to be fine. Um, it, but yeah, he need, he's just going to get this treble heart bypass. The question is, how long is he going to, um, how long is he going to keep it until he tells Sal? Why do you keep calling her Sal? Sal, Sally. Sally. Sal. I'm. It's interesting, I suppose. Um, I, I, I just why I don't, I'm sorry. Do you um? Can you understand why Tim doesn't want to tell Sally? Do you have any sympathy? Well, with I, him I there? don't tell you everything with well, my what, medical things. No, that's what I was thinking. Because I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So do you, does that mean do you feel kind of understanding anything, of Tim? No, of... but I just want to say one thing. I do have a lot of things that I have to do, um, but. When I need to tell you, I do because I don't think it's right to withhold information that you need to know. Like, if I need you to pick me up from the hospital, or I'm gonna not be able to do anything on this particular day because of whatever's happening, mm. or don't expect me to do anything, or I think it's prob it's kind of fair enough if he didn't tell her about going in to get tests or something. I'm sure that. I know some couples will say, of think... course, you t- I tell my spouse everything. Yeah. And others will say, no, I don't, we don't tell them everything. Or I tell them Sometimes, a certain point. But at this point it makes in... The... me more anxious to talk about it. Yeah. And I would assume that Tim feels the same way. And I also think, though, that there's a lot of denial in here. And he thinks if he doesn't tell Sally, then it's not real. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so it's up to you. If you, want to dis- if you want to tell your spouse or whatever, I think you should. But if your reasons for not telling them on sensible ones I think he also doesn't want to worry her I I think that there's a big thing that he doesn't want he's going to feel like he's let her down or you know whatever um and but he he must know that he's not going to be able to get out of this she's going to realize he's got a big scar down the middle of his chest he's not going to be able to have a triple heart, heart bypass without her knowing and if this is the other thing, right? If it turns into that kind of storyline where it's really about what you tell your spouse and lying, because this is the thing about Coronation Street sometimes that annoys me, is that it takes a really interesting dilemma or some kind of unique 
storyline and then turns it into the same old crap we've seen a million times like what is the bait what is the basic of this storyline tim has a secret sally's inevitably going to find out then they're going to have an argument about why he kept the secret from her is that what you want the triple bypass operation story to be about or do you want it to be about a triple bypass because people who are going through this probably would actually rather see it being addressed you know, in, in a more sensible and straightforward way. But we, we got that a little bit more with Peter last year and that this is another case of this is a little bit like something that's happened very recently on Coronation Street, although this they did bring the that up, didn't they? storylines, I'm sorry, but they all boil down to the same thing. You got something wrong with you. Oh no, I'm sad about it. Am I going to die? Well, I don't know. Let me just check and see what the previews say. Probably not though, unless the actor wants to leave. Yeah, yeah how long's your contract? The, the, the Peter thing was literally a year ago and he, he wasn't keeping it from Carla or anything. I don't think he was. I'm not interested. And, and that was more about, you I know... I find it really annoying. The, the, um, the symptoms of Peter's condition and him having his seizures on the floor and having to take his little whiskey doses and everything and all why. of that stuff that is was quite interesting. interesting. But, but there, there was... There, that did... I'm sure that at the same time there was something about her sleeping with Adam and, and stuff yeah, in there yeah, yeah. as well. This is why I get, this is where, these, these are the storylines that kind of make me sympathise with people who say, I don't like X thing that I like, you know, when somebody says, oh, I don't like, you know, the Pat Feel and found it really dark, didn't like it. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's party poopers. <laughs> but like, I'm sure people really like this storyline and find it interesting and really like Tim, but like, I, as far I'm, as I'm concerned, I am finding this interesting. Eileen, give him the box, get in it, just leave everybody alone. Oh yeah, she could, she could, couldn't Sell she? him the box. Yeah. She could, she could upsell him on that. Oh, I just, uh, just honestly, some things I think when you watch them on screen help you. And if this helps somebody, that's brilliant. But it doesn't help everybody who has medical anxiety mm. to watch it. And honestly, I also want to, you know, say I deliberately don't watch medical programs because I can't, I don't like it. It makes me, it makes me sad and anxious. And so when Coronation Street keeps doing them like it's a medical drama... Every single week, there's something. It feels like it's not a medical drama. Can we not give it a break? Drama. Yeah, I, I, I agree that it's. And I know it that this happens in real life. I know that people, down. everyone gets sick. You know, I know that. But Cor- I'm pointing out Coronation Street has gone for years and years and years when we had rarely any medicals. They didn't. I think it's because they built a bloody set. I'm going to set fire to that set. <laughs> yeah, they got the police set, they got the hotel set, they got the hospital set, they're going to make damn good use out it's of It's like it. they say, um, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. It's like when you've got a hospital set, everyone looks kind of sick. <laughs> Do you know what a triple heart bypass is? It's when you get the heart and you look, put a tube on the bottom and you put it around the top and then you put one from the top around the bottom and then you put one in the middle to round the middle. And then you go through the red wreck. No, they take, they take, um, I don't blood, know if I want to know. They take, they just take blood vessels from other parts in your body and stick it in your heart. Like they take it, take a blood vessel out your leg and stick it in your heart and they take it all out your shoulder. I don't want to know. So I, I, I didn't know, so I did a bit of Googling. It was, the only was thing I will say is that my dad had a, um, heart thing the other day. He had a r- routine heart thing and he went in and he saw the doctor and if they measure your heart th- thing thickness or whatever mm. of your vessel thing As I did and if to it's Tim. a certain measurement they're like oh dear you better come back next year just to make sure but my dad said that his was so brilliant they're like don't ever come back we don't want to see you ever again because like basically you drive a bus through this I, that which amazing. i think okay that i'm gonna take that as like i'm gonna be fine you're, you're all right you've got a good heart. that's not gonna kill me oh, what you, know, you have a good heart on you um <laughs> I also hope, can i please god can i please have inherited that 
please can I, I just live forever? I inherited his fluffy hair. Yeah. Maybe I've inherited his wonderful heart. <laughs> I think so. But having too big of a heart, of apparently love. also bad. Um, I, the other thing I like about this story is that it's something for the Baileys to do. Is Well, Hooray! a Bailey at least. We've said that they're not really doing anything. Sorry, they don't integrate with me. other people in the street. I just the, can't help Other myself. characters. Now Aggie's going to be involved with the Sally and Tim story. I'm enjoying that. Hooray! Also the fact that it's Aggie who was kind of... Um, on Sally's side with the whole um, let's not have people parking on the street until that fizzled out a little bit. But people are still parking on the street. This is what I really... This is what makes me think. Um, do you know what? I, here's my theory, and it's based on nothing because we don't know. But we do know that they're trying to build a new bit of a set, aren't they? Yes. So my theory is that they've they've had to park some building vans in the car park and they literally can't park their cars anywhere else. So they've put... Like <laughs> crew and cast members' cars up and down the street because they can't fit them anywhere else. And they're like, "How can we write this into the show?" That's funny. It's a big car park they got there, but maybe it's a big set expansion. I don't know. They have just had one though. Um, other thing, two more points about this, and then I want to move on. Number one, while Sally, no, while Aggie and Tim were sitting waiting to go into the see Doctor Cardio, they talked about what was their first record they bought. Gemma, do you remember what the first record you bought was? Yes, I do. What? Right said Fred, I'm too sexy, and the WWF Wrestling Foundate Federation rap. Cool. Did you? So you went to the shop to buy that? Did you buy the CD? It was yeah, I know exactly what shop it was. As what, well. what was it? Well, it's not there anymore. It was in Wollstone. Yeah. I don't. I remember going in and being so excited and feeling really grown up and buying these little single like records. That's how old we are. My first single was a record, and I had a turntable. Well, they're back in and fashion now. Slightly to do with how old I am and also slightly because we were poor. <laughs> I think my first CD that I bought was Say You'll Be There by the Spice Girls. That's really old to be buying. Oh yeah, I know. That was when I was like 13 or 14. Was Spice Girls like... That was uh, before that. That, that was, was early like 90s, wasn't it? That was like 94 or something, wasn't it? Maybe. But um, I remember... Um, I vividly remember <laughs> Mum and Dad and, and me and Jane. Was it on tape? Um, no, was no, I got, I got a CD of it. Bloody hell, your first single was a CD. Yes. That's ridiculous. Um, I remember being in the car on the way to town and and kind of announcing, I think I want to buy a CD in town. And mum and dad's jaws dropped. They were like, what? You want to buy some music? You want to buy some pop music? What is it? Because I just had, up until this point, no interest zero all. interest at all in any chart music. Um, a bit like I am now, really. And uh, yeah, so they, they proudly took me into Virgin Megastore oh in Coventry City God. Centre where we flung, thumbed through the CDs and I got them to say, you'll be there. Your dad was really like, oh gosh. I didn't, I didn't pick he, up the wannabe think, for, until years later on, on eBay. I think he might be straight because he's buying, the, <laughs> hang on, no, it's the Spice Girls. <laughs> I don't know, Elaine, I don't know what this means. <laughs> and then I got and then I got Spice, I got their album for Christmas that oh, year wonderful. as well. And it all just spiralled on from there. I think the first CD I bought was Big Willy Style. <laughs> and I had to give my friend the money. I was like, I don't want to pay £15 for this. I had to literally give her the cash because I was too tight to that's buy funny, it. That's funny, that's funny. But um, Rice of Fred, um, I'm Too Sexy, was 1991. 91, wow. So five years before my first single. But before then, I used to listen to my parents' music, which was like Queen and Enya. Yeah, it was Queen in my <laughs> in my family as well. Lovely. Anyway, Lovely. We, we, um, I can't remember what Tim said that his first CD something, was, but something's funny. Something that linked to the story. Something probably. that had a rude word. Something in I it. hadn't heard of. Um, and the other thing, Sally gets a text from Rosie on New yes, Year's that's Eve. Right. Was that nothing, or like was that. that a hint? No, I like that because it came in the middle of the day. And as I know from bitter experience, and over the past two days, the Japanese 
or not anywhere near working at the same time as we are. No, so that's, that's caused you a few email issues, hasn't it, the last couple of days? Very much stress. But I knew this for years. Apparently, the people I work with only just found out. <laughs> I just think it was odd. It was really nice, a nice little moment, just say a Happy New Year from Rosie with a kiss, although they do the same thing as they always do on Coronation Street where the text message appears on the top of the screen, which makes it look like it's the first time they've ever texted each other. <laughs> and Sally gives a nice little and smile. she texted was... back, new phone, who did? <laughs> um... She had a little what, very would, sweet smile, didn't she? Would they have done that for no reason? Well, Sophie didn't send her a text. Exactly. I, I wanted to see Sally like doing a wee and then getting her phone out and like passive aggressively t- texting Sophie, going, "Happy New Year." Your sister sent me a message earlier in the day. <laughs> just checking you're all right. Haven't heard from you in a while. Kiss. I think that Rosie should have just phoned her up while she was mid-flow, while she was squatting in the gardens. Gross. No, literally, we've seen so many times that a character who is coming back will yes, just magically get wish. mentioned just before they come back What's in that? again. You can't come to or the funeral. maybe they'll just be invented before they come in for the first time. Daisy. My son. <laughs> um, I don't know. Keep your eye out for that one. But we do have the predictions for 2022 episode of the uh, of the podcast coming out next week, hopefully. So maybe I'll just double down on that one. Right. I'm let's move on to the next story, which was my um, a cad and a boundary dispute, which is where Ugh. things got a little bit more dull, didn't it, everybody? I think we I think lots of people can agree that the uh, that the Faye and Emma story was silly, but um, it was kind of interesting. This wasn't so much. Although we have got a new Corrie drunk in the making with Lydia. Thought that she had a... No? Just shaking her head there. I thought she was good. I enjoyed that. No, no Sally Ann Matthews, but um, I thought she was quite good. So No, actually, I'll take that back. She was actually pretty brilliant at being drunk. She pulls a funny face. I just don't like Lydia. Don't you? Oh, I don't like Lydia. Oh, I No, I don't like Lydia. No, I don't like Lydia. Like Please kindly take herself away. Why? Do you I not like the story she's... that she's in? No, I don't like her. the story. And I was like, what are you doing? Go away. Also, like, go on, split them up. Carry on. I don't care. I think she's quite an interesting little actress. Is, um, is... She's a great actress. I think she's a great actress. I think she's playing the part well. I just don't like Lydia. I don't... Mm. Are we supposed to like her, though? I don't think so. Right. So what happened was... I just think it's also weird. Like, Sarah's like, oh, she's my bestest friend in the weird. whole world. We've known each other. Well, you knew each other... You know her for a day and you got drunk on mulled wine and now she's your best friend. It reminds me, we were just watching the other night the Peep Show episodes where Mark gets his new boss and... Um, yes, he's like he's Mark. like, am I gay? And, and, <laughs> and Alan. Sarah's going to start worrying, wondering that about Lydia And then now. she goes to see Dr. Gaddis. <laughs> so, you know, you can tell me. When did you realise you were gay? Because you've got a son. What's that about? <laughs> right. Um, new Year's Eve, Adam and Sarah go to Chariot Square Hotel um, she doesn't seem to think he's made much of an effort with his wardrobe or so um, I would say I don't think he's made much effort with the hotels because you're just taking her to the only hotel anyone in Weatherfield ever goes to. £200. And um, strangely, despite the fact that this happened over a year ago, the barman there remembers Adam about uh-huh. that time he left his wallet there when he was there with Carla. And Sarah knows that he's referring to this time and says, look, Adam, do you bring all your women here? Could you make me feel any less special? Um, and she starts dig- making digs about him and Lydia again because 
by the way, Adam, she tells me that you were together for six months. And he's like, oh, no, there's nothing. Don't worry about it. Um, so they go up to the room, four-star room. Um, I wouldn't have given it four stars. But um, Sarah carries on asking about how serious this was with Lydia. And they basically just end up bickering, each accusing the other one of ruining this, ruining this special night. And Sarah says, put your coat on. You've not pulled. And back they go home. Adam's back at number one later with Ken and Peter um, talking about riling Sarah up and Ken says, look, you need to go back to her and make up to her. Say you're sorry, even if you're not. Um, I think it's all for the best. Um, then we have a scene later with Daniel and Nidia going into the Rovers later and they are surprised to see Death Sarah drowning her sorrows there. She should have been at the hotel. Uh, she has a bit of a moan to, to her, to, to Lydia about Adam. And um, Daisy's also a bit cold towards Daniel there because of everything that's going on there and the lingering feelings that she's got for him. Um, later on again, Adam catches up with Sarah in the street. She's been um, missing since the whole hotel incident. And now she's off to bed. Not, not, not interested in you, Adam. And he says, look, let's just go back to the hotel. Uh, but she can't go... Can't get Carla out of her head now. All this six-month-long Lydia relationship in the past, she doesn't think that she can trust him anymore. And he's like, "No, I'm a changed man, Sarah. I promise." But she's not having any of it and stalks right off. So, oh no, is this the end for Sarah and Adam, Gemma? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if anyone even noticed this, but Gemma just left the room for two minutes and left me talking by myself. I'm and just I was checking like, on the cat because she's up and about and she's stumbling around like oh a God, sad, tragic She's literally just limped across the bedroom I'm just going to see if she needs Gemma's just going to go and check on the cat. I'm going to tell you, lovely listeners, what happened on Monday's Coronation Street. I don't know how she's going to check whether the cat needs the toilet. Just hold her over the litter box and squeeze, maybe. Adam and Sarah, still not best pleased with each other on New Year's Day. Um, and then Adam sees Lydia out with Daniel outside the cabin or something, I think it was, and has a bit of a mind to her about telling Sarah that they had this big romance when, in his eyes, it was nothing. Just the latest in a string of women. Um, and she says... Look, I was just being honest with her. She wanted to know how long we were going out, so I told her. Sarah goes to the bistro later to talk to Nick about all these issues that she's got with Lydia and Adam's history and everything. And hello, Gemma, welcome back. She did she, need the toilet. She did. Oh, told did, you. How could you tell? Yeah, we've had to, bring, we've had to bring her litter tray in, so she's going to have to go to the toilet in the house now for a little while. Can you hear her? I can. Yeah, she's just scraping she might away be there. If you can hear a scraping of gravel Sorry. sound, it's not me. So. <laughs> this is going to be a test this of how good really our microphone awful. is. <laughs> Can you hear it? She's is really it coming up? Last week we had two-minute-long unwrapping of a parcel in the middle of the podcast, and this <laughs> week we, we, complain, we complain about the sound effects on Coronation Street when Tim realizes that he's going to have a heart attack any minute now. Well, we're just doing all this anyway. Um, she says to to, to Nick. I am. I'm gonna make Nick. I'm gonna make Adam sweat for a little while. But if you see him, can you tell him that I'm ready to move on and make up and everything now? Um, so she goes back to the lawyer's office. She finds him there, has a bit of a makeup chat, and then they say, "Right, things are gonna be fine now, even if you do stay with friends with Lydia." But trouble on Tuesday. Mm. Adam goes is walking down the street with his with his best mate Imran. He was like really says, "Can't I be in this story?" because he gets a couple of scenes together, doesn't he this week? He finds his car all scratched up and he tells Imran, "Oh, it's that Lydia. She's just trying to cause trouble." He's got a massive scratch all the way down his car. So he chases after her later and confronts her in the Rovers because as he's saying it's Lydia, 
Who's that walking down the street the other end? It's Lydia, of course. Say her name and she appears. He fires, um, she says, um, I can't believe you actually think it would be me doing that to you. How pathetic. And he's like, well, what's pathetic is you thinking that a fling from years ago was something more than that. He says, grow up, move on. So Lydia takes that to mean get drunk, which she uh, proceeds to do um, to, to great f fashion. That doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> In spectacular fashion. Spectacular fashion. Thank you. Gemma is still here. Um, and I'm she, also drinking a cider. Gemma is drinking a cider at the moment, so I'm talking again. Mm -hmm. She turns up drunk to the factory. She's got this meeting with Sarah and her boss, um, Gavin, <coughs> I think his name is. So he's she's completely out of it. And he's like, right, you need to leave right now. And she staggers out after pulling a funny little face at him. She's Laughs giggling. And Sarah's and like, oh, sorry. I think she must be a little unwell. But Gavin knows exactly what's going on here. Um, Sarah goes and tells Adam what's happened and uh, and we find out at this point that Lydia has been sacked from her knicker job. job. Um, what on earth possessed her to do that? Um, so She blames Adam. She she then later goes and blames Adam, doesn't she? Because um, I don't know when that happened because the story was fairly dull, wasn't it? Um, so Adam says, look, um, Imran later on mentions this car scratching incident and Adam says oh it's just a little scratch and then bang on cue Officer Craigie comes in and said we found out who keyed your car no it wasn't Lydia it was a bloke and he readily admitted to it it's the boundary dispute guy I've got to say something I've discovered what's happened here I reckon the Weatherfield Police Department has collectively decided that their New Year's resolution is going to be solving crime. You reckon? This is the most interest they've ever shown in, the most in solving any. Yeah, been. they're like, right, we're gonna all the crimes in January. We're gonna solve every single one of them. Not a single one's gonna go. It doesn't matter if we pin it on the wrong bloke. I don't care. I want all these crimes off my desk. If I was Emma, I'd be sweating at the moment. Well, come February, unless she's got care. that same sad condition of the Prince Andrew. So it's this boundary dispute guy who I don't think we've mentioned in the podcast so far because it seemed fairly inconsequential. But they it's... do keep bringing up that Adam has got something going on in his work about boundaries. Anyway, um, also Craig says, oh, then there's also, uh, I can't remember what her name is, Chambers, Lydia Chambers, is it? So she, she doesn't appreciate being accused either. So it looks like what happened was Adam went to the police station, told them my car's been keyed and it's that Lydia over there. And now she's a bit mad about it and got drunk. So it's not really her fault, is it, anybody? No, Gemma's gone again. It's just me and you again now. Anyway, Sarah is livid to hear all of this. Adam needs to go and get this sorted out pronto. So Adam goes and finds Lydia outside the shop later. And he says, look, sorry for jumping to the wrong conclusion here. I'm sure I can explain it away to your boss. It's, it, it, I, I thought it was you that keep my car. Sorry on all that. And she's like, don't care. I hate my job anyway. <laughs> and he says, well, look, you, you need money to work. But you, you've got your son, haven't you? This mysterious son that definitely isn't mine, probably. And she says, don't worry, I'll manage. And she does, because she she just knows that when you lose your job in Weatherfield, you just have to just kind of loiter around the street and people will be throwing job offers at you, as is what happens the next day. So, end of that episode, Adam goes back to the bistro and says what's happened, and Sarah says, well, Lydia may have said that she's fine, but she's clearly not. She has a bit more of a moan about it again to him. And he, she says, oh, you're a really hard guy to live with sometimes, you know. Maybe we shouldn't be trying for a baby like now. Oh, no, they can't have a baby. Wednesday, Sarah's still mad at Adam. Daniel asks Lydia about losing a job. And Sarah says, well, no, sorry. Daniel asks Sarah about Lydia losing her job. And Sarah says, well, you talked to Adam about that. So he does. And Adam says, 
yeah, well, this is what happened. I'm also actually a little bit worried about losing Sarah. Um, Daniel says, well, you know, it sounds like it's your fault that Lydia lost her job here. No. So you've you got to deal with this. He has little sympathy for her because remember Daniel and Lydia going out with each other? Later I on. That. No, no, there we go. Later on, Sarah is chuffed to hear that Adam has rectified this situation by throwing a job at Lydia. She can now be Carla's PA in the factory. Hurrah. Later on, Weird. still, and somebody has graffitied the lawyer's office. Well, the, lo- the lawyer's office is just upstairs, isn't it? I think somebody's supposed to be like living downstairs. Like oh, I didn't do anything. Who's Barlow? Um, yeah, so somebody's re- re- graffitied Barlow is scum. That's not very imaginative, is it? Although the way that you, if you were reading downwards, it said bar, bar scum is lo- no bar <laughs> bar is low scum. So maybe maybe there's a hidden message. That in sounds there like somewhere. some kind of cleaning slogan. Mm. Um, Adam says, "Well, don't worry, it's just boundary dispute, guys. This guy's got beef with us. Same with McKeed Carr." And then he starts wiping it off. So he takes that quite well, really. I don't know whether it is. I'm wondering whether there was um. I think maybe the car scratcher Lydia. and the graffiti are maybe different. She's like, people. I can pin this on that idiot mm. who might be in jail now. What? So he couldn't have done it in jail. Yeah, so that's where you go for scratching before... his car. Yeah, well, look, look, I'm quite draconian myself. I would, uh, when it comes to if crime. I was Ardy, I'd be worried there because he scratched Dev's car just a few months tough ago. Tough on didn't crime, they? tough on the causes of crime. Oh, is that grime? What? Tough on crime, <laughs> tough, tough on the causes of grime. That's me. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't about? know. Um, yeah, so I, I think possibly um, Emma may well have been the graffiti. Although, actually, is there any point for her to have done it? Because she's probably quite, quite Emma. great. Not Emma, Lydia. She's probably quite grateful to Adam for giving her the job in the factory. Yeah, but it depends on why she's mad at him originally, because we don't really know why. Oh, like, I don't really you know, want to find out. I don't care, honestly. Also, um, it was nobody's fault but Lydia that she got drunk. Oh, no. Like her, her coping mechanism for being accused of something she didn't do is absolutely rubbish, and she should have been fired. Like, what's going to happen the next time something bad happens in her life? She's going to get drunk again and ruin another business meeting. I know. She's I know. Really, it's really as, as funny bad. a drunk as I thought it was that she funny. was. Um, Absolutely not it, her, not um, Adam's fault that Lydia no. can't cope. And, and with... it's bad that Sarah cute, said it was, and Daniel as well. But Sarah's just been a massive drama queen this week. But um, she just seems to think that Adam's not allowed to have a past, and she must. She obviously knew about him being a cad and a bounder up until this point. So why has she suddenly got a problem with do you know it? What just the kids because. Call it? What having a body count. Yeah. Why? Say. Why? Why does she care about Adam's body count? Speaking of body counts. Her ex, Gary, literally just lives down the road. In fact, don't they both live in Victoria Court well, at the moment? Don't they live of, over each other? Speaking of exes, one of hers was a little boy. What? Yeah, she's been she's been at it since she was twelve. Yeah, and, I don't, and we come all know on, what Adam Sarah. was like when he was a little boy. He was all sweetness and light, yeah, wasn't he? he? When he was played by that different oh, actor, Dad, he was lovely. You'd never, you'd never been a Neil Ferns back then. No. So Sarah is just massively, massively hypocritical about this. I think it must be very difficult. So unreasonable. To ha- like, but she's not. She's kind of sending mixed messages because she's like, "Oh, I don't like this being rubbed in my nose that you you like shagged around a lot." Also, your first love, Lydia, is now my best friend. Yeah. I know. Pick a side. It's it's silly. It's very silly. Sarah has got many exes. Some of them living on the street. You got Todd. You got Gary. You got many more. 
etc. Scooter. Remember Scooter? Oh, lovely Scooter. He's just been watching him on the DVDs, isn't he? He, kept, he keeps on coming up. Right, that's that. Yeah, Speaking so, of sleeping around. Sarah, Sarah and, and Sally this week get the, the awards for being the worst partners, worst, worst wives. Yes, the worst wives Getting club. weird, the worst wives club who are weird about sex. Yeah. Well, I guess we're British, so it goes goes with the territory, <laughs> literally. Here's another bad wife. Abby is keeping a bit of a secret from Oh, I thought you were going to say Mariam. No, she's great. I do quite like Mariam. Right, happy babby baby, Gemma. <sighs> Go. Abby is telling Kevin... No, this is exciting. What meeting? The meeting. Oh, the AA meeting. Or yeah, the AA meeting thing. Not AA. Not AA. Drugs. <laughs> Drug people who don't like drugs and the, and the fact that Kelly was um, she's not a bad sort really Abby's like look I've done a truce I've looked on Twitter everyone's hating my revenge story so I've given it up um, cause, and Corey's in prison and etc and Kevin brings out the gun and Tasha's death and he's like you know everyone's saying on Twitter that you are a hypocrite because you're mad at Kelly for killing <laughs> for killing uh, Stubby even though she didn't um, but you also basically killed Natasha. And she's like, look, fair play, I have seen the hashtag. So, yeah, it's fine. Maria asks Kelly if she wants her old job back. Everything's fine. Then um, oh, Gary sees Maria's mad about all this stuff. And then Toya gets a text from Kelly going, yeah, I got my job back. And Emma's like, oh, I don't think she should be living with Gary. Well, deal something about it, Emran. That's what I'm saying. They're trying to do something about it. They're trying I to don't it so understand why they don't give her some money to get a flat. These veggie lasagnas don't buy themselves, you know. You don't have to buy sausages. It's cheap. Stop buying fake meat products. I like Because it's the, um, too expensive. Just buy aubergines. I like the little scene. I can't remember whereabouts it happens in this episode. But the uh, Toya asking him around whether he wants veggie cottage pie or veggie uh, shepherd's pie. Yeah. The little, so it's the same thing. And he's like, no, I want to know what I'm making. The other good Imran and... Um, Toya stuff in this because it reminded really me very funny. much of us was when they were trying to come up with little pun song names that they can put on Elsie's mixtape or whatever it was they were making. Yeah, and <laughs> over explaining the jokes so to if, each other. We, we and put the faces, out, exactly Twitter. the same face the, as you do. The little smug face that Toya gave when she's like, I've, Guess what? I've got to get to listen to this. This is brilliant. <laughs> it's just the you same as me, this. wasn't it? So I've got the storyline, Toya, right, Gemma? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It's very much like that. <sighs> we're just in Man and Toya, aren't we? Um, well, we're both as good looking, easily, if not better. We're just the meat-eating versions. I think Imran eats meat. Oh yeah, he does, doesn't he? Abby when he sees can get away blah blah with blah. It. Right, Abby sees Kelly and outside the barbers goes, "Let's go to Victoria Gardens." And says, "Oh, you know, um, my kids. I was terrible, mum. Let's not be mad at each other." And Kelly says, "Abby, you look really sick. Are you pregnant?" And she Abby's like, say that. no, I'm not. How dare you suggest that? That's awful. Just because I was being sick in the morning and I had sex recently with someone I shouldn't have had sex with doesn't mean I'm pregnant. Hang on a minute. Actually, this sounds exactly like I probably am pregnant. Later on, um, Kev- Abby tells Kevin that she and Kelly have decided that storyline's over. Toya and Imran talk about the mixtape. Um, and then... Michael's wondering if there's going to be a bombshell that's going to ruin the family happiness. Yeah, because it looks like things are coming uh, no, getting think... better between Imran and Toya, isn't it? Because Toya says, oh, this is a nice conversation, wasn't, this wasn't nice? it? No, I think that's just our way of being reminded that Toya's like, oh, crap, I'm mad at you, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, they, they, they could have split up. She forgave him, kind of. And she's being won over by his um, irascible charm. Yes. 
Anyway, yeah, Abby texts someone be... like, urgent, need to meet. And then it's Imran in the garden. She says, I think I might be pregnant. They And then Adam comes along and they quickly disperse. And Imran's like, oh no. And that was the final scene of 2021. Imran going... Gulp. Gulp, says Imran. If only she had. Monday, Abby's quiet on New Year's <laughs> morning. Um, and so is Imran. Toy's a bit worried. Well, she's not because he disappeared off last night. On, uh, I was going to say Halloween. No, New Year's Eve. Um, he says he's worried about Kelly. He goes out running with Craig, which was nice. That was a nice callback. Yes. That was the, like right before the beginning of the pandemic. They were doing that storyline. Craig and Imran, Craig and and Imran doing running, yeah. Getting the runs. Uh, gets a call from Abby. Lasagna. They need to have a talk. Go to the bench. Imran's nervous. He says, go and get a test for God's sake. She says, oh yeah, that's right. I'll go around to Devs and go, oh, please can you give me a pregnancy test? Um, and it also, by the way... It's definitely not Kevin's if I am pregnant. Because have you seen him? <laughs> no, um, that's rude. Um, they just got married as well. I f- like, come on. Look, I know Sally's getting mad that there's a drought on in the, the Metcalf house. But Kevin's been married to this woman. I know. They've just they're come back from wears, a honeymoon. What have they been like, doing? He comes back like, I don't know what to do then. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> How can I get you into bed? So, um... She, she, she says, um... Can't, I, I can't, if I'm up the duff, if I am I, pregnant, I can't not tell Kev. And then somebody comes along and says, "Tell Kev what?" Kevin comes along and says, "Tell me what?" That's right, my ears were burning. And then they say, "Tell her about Kelly." And Kevin's like, "God, shut up about Kelly." But you told us instantly, that that storyline was over. Yeah, and <laughs> goes to find Abby at the garage. She's not there. Neither is Kevin. Um, back at the flat, Toy's like, "What are you? What? Why are you tense?" <laughs> and he's like nothing and she's like are you sure because it's always something on this program then Abby sa- says can I come in please and Imran's there like oh good god she comes in Toya's still there Imran's there I love this scene so much she's like you know that thing <laughs> you know that thing I was worried about don't worry about it <laughs> and Toya's just like la 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 what thing I don't she didn't even ask she's like she... I'm just gonna assume you're talking about a boundary dispute of some sort <laughs> um, everything's fine ignorance. don't worry about it it's all to do with it's about Kelly it, but don't worry about it because she's fine and then Tuesday wink, he's wink. like brilliant all my problems solved um, I think I got away with it again the Shagmaster wins yeah firing blanks <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he, I think she's pregnant and I think do you? she I think she's going to get an abortion that is a soap tactic I think she's gonna go. She's gonna go get an abortion or try to, and then someone's gonna be in the in the room where she's waiting. Probably, probably Aggie. And will say something poignant like, "You know what? I'm gonna not gonna have an abortion, even though my first three kids I had were terrible mistakes. I reckon the fourth, they always say, is the golden child. <laughs> so actually, I'm gonna go home and have this baby. And Abby's like, "God damn, she's right." I actually believe that I can do it right the fourth time. This is interesting because, like, we we've been wondering for a while, haven't we? Like, is is Abby going to be pregnant? And then the further and further away it got from the from the night of the of the deed, I think maybe not because there's only because you can't be pregnant for so long without realising and I know some people yeah, you know can. can get full term without realising yes, but Abby's just a little wee slip no, of a girl no I don't think it's I know that people think only it happens to larger ladies but it really does depend on 
how long your torso is. I don't know. But don't don't your periods stop? Pretty sure they do when you're yeah, pregnant. Yeah, but listen, here's... Right, and also to any men who are listening who don't know this, sometimes you don't have... Like, I've always found it quite funny that people say that periods come every 28 days because that's not my experience and many other women also don't have completely regular periods. And also, during times of very intense stress, like, say, your, your son being kicked to death, can also affect your periods and mean you not have periods. And... Equally, some women still have periods all the way through their pregnancy, which I say, what's the point then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there we go. So that's how Abby didn't realise after all if this If not time having your period was, was absolutely sure, surefire sign every single time and every single woman always had their period on the 28th day of every cycle, life would be See, I just, a bit See, I just draw simple. my knowledge about all things period from Coronation Street where characters are saying to each other, oh, I'm late. Yeah, some women have very, very regular periods. Yeah. I remember when I was um, a teenager, um, when we used to have those little clamshell phones, and they used to like sell for, like here's a lady's phone and here's a man's phone, which they don't really do anymore. But I got a lady's phone because it was nice. It was a nice shade of purple. But one of the perks was it came with a pre- um, a a period tracker, and I was like, this is essential. This is the most useless thing ever. <laughs> 20, every twenty eight days is like the moon. It's got nothing to do with me. I know this is too much information for some people. Equally, not every single woman's period is the same length. So well, there we go. There we go. Some people have it for a whole week. So some people only have it for like a couple of days. I, I unfortunately, when we were at um, when we went to the Morrisons in Leicester the other day, I saw um, a spoiler on the front of the soap I magazine. You were going to say something about periods. No. A, do you know there's a whole aisle of stuff? <laughs> I've never been down that one. <laughs> what? Before. No, I saw on the front of the soap magazine for this week's episode something about Abby being pregnant in massive orange lettering there. And it's like, oh, I wish I hadn't seen that because, well, first I wish I hadn't seen it and two, oh, I wish they hadn't decided to do that. So I kind of went into this week assuming that she was pregnant. And when she said, no, it's actually fine, I'm not, I thought, oh, is that it then? And But maybe you're right. The fact that... I'm convinced. Why would they have made this a little story for two <laughs> days if actually everything is okay? No, Was I it wanna... just for a bit of New Year's cliffhanger drama? The thing I want to say about this is I think we all agree that it's a kind of tired soap cliche that you only ever get pregnant with one night stands with characters that you shouldn't be sleeping with yeah. on soaps. But if you're going to do this storyline with any set of characters, these are the characters you do it with. This is like the most perfect setup for this story that I've ever seen. Because you've got Toya, the woman who desperately wants a child and has been well established. It's not like, oh, it's my it's always been my dream that I thought of last week. She's she was introduced has reintroduced five years. To, with her story was that she was trying desperately to have IVF. And she can't have a child of her own, so she's fostering. And she loves Imran, and she wanted to make her life with him, and she wanted to raise a baby with him. But she now she's doubting whether she wants to be with him, and she's also having... She's fostering instead of having her own biological child, which would have been her preference. Then you've got Abby, who is, you know, one of the worst mothers on Coronation Street, and that's saying a lot. There's a, you know, a fine heritage of absolutely useless women mm-hmm. giving birth left, right and centre on that programme. And these three characters, and also Imran too, we don't really know a lot about his background and we don't know why he split up with Sabine. But if you wanted to make up a backstory about he wanted a family and she didn't... No, that's, we do know why he split well, up yeah, with Sabine. Well, yeah, because they slept with each other. But also, equally, 
he's kind of come out and said he wants kids, but I can also imagine one of the, you could make up as a backstory and it wouldn't sound fake that he wanted a family and she says, well, I'm not giving up my career yeah. for nine months to have a baby. I'm not looking up, you know, that's not what I want out of life. Mm. I would totally buy that as a dynamic between those two characters. Then he ends up with kind of what he wanted, but just with a totally wrong woman. Yeah, I, I I think it could have legs in it if they're going to go down this route, but it's just very very sad. It's really annoying because I really like all these three characters, and, and and I and I and they're ruining each other's lives. I don't want Toy and Imran to split up over it, but I don't know how they could stay together after but, this all know, came out. But, but then, equally, it could. I I still wonder. There's going to be. Some I know. I know. Abby said that me and Kevin haven't you know done the deed for a while, but played hide the ferret. But but what if you know it? What if it is Kevin's? What if, what if you can get pregnant off toilet seats, can't you? I thought it was towels. It, 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 it maybe just you know while she's asleep. <laughs> look, one okay, night. no, look, whatever. It, what if it's but, Kevin's and she's like, do I do I get an abortion for this baby? But what if it is his? I think it might no. be more interesting if she's if in the past, even even in the past three months, she's she's had sex twice, once with Imran, once with well, Kevin. So it's a literally a fifty-fifty chance. They absolutely said that's not the case. So I think yeah, I've already. Um, but I I can envisage because all these actors are great and I can really envisage scenes, dilemma scenes where, you know, Abby's thinking, what do, do I, like the most sensible, logical thing, I guess, is I give the baby to them because they want to foster children. It's Imran's biological child. This is what Toys always wanted. I don't want this baby. I, I think I'll be rubbish. Maybe. Give it, give the baby to them. But then, you know, she goes through a whole, um, who was it? Uh, Surrogacy thing. Earring lady. Tina. Tina, like she goes, but oh, I actually quite like this baby and after all this time I've been... She could say, yeah, I had a random one night stand with some random bloke at a bar as well. So, so she could, Yeah, she could give the baby to, to, to then, Imran and Toya. <laughs> Toya has like... got no idea that this is actually Imran's child. But then he does with Steve. This is my baby. Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, but you know, I like Kevin would be like, hang on a bit. Hmm. Maybe. Why is my wife having a baby that she doesn't want? That is my baby. I think, He's gonna I have think to, their, cup, their I, relationship I is think a little more disposable. I think there's way more mileage in her lying and saying, I'm not pregnant, but she actually is. Well, we didn't see the test, did we? Then the first time she goes to talk to Imran about it on New Year's Eve, she's like, I'm 99% certain I'm pregnant. Well, she's like, I've been pregnant before, so I know what it's like. So how does she go from being 99% certain that she's pregnant to actually, oh, no, I'm not pregnant, it's fine? So you, you could be onto something I just here. want to say one thing. I don't want to discount anyone's experience. I've never been pregnant myself, but I will say if it was that easy to tell, we wouldn't have pregnancy tests. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, let's round this up with a few smaller stories. So we've got the silence of the Sams this week. What do you week. think? How, how sure are you that she is not pregnant? I'm, I'm like... 100% sure that she is. I'm not 100% sure Because I can sure feel it. I've, I've been through this before with other state characters. <laughs> I can tell when they're pregnant. Do you reckon? Because it's really inconvenient. I, 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 I may be 50-50 at the moment. Maybe maybe erring towards 60% that she is. Just what, because otherwise what's the point? What it was late, was late, it? No, it was late, late September. Mid to late September, I think. What's that like? Three months. S- summer? What? No. When the baby's going to be born. Oh, when the baby's going to be born. Um, well, it was the end of September, Don't end have... of June, just no, before my birthday. No, 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 no. You want to be, you want to be aiming for a January shag for a September. Super Soap Weeks <laughs> revelation. Not only Super Soap Week, but get your kid in the 
the older oh, yeah. end of the not like thicky summer born here. I know, I know. You want it. You want your kid born in. September, I did all right. I did class. not so bad. Let me talk about Sam Gemma's talking about the top of the class kids. So he's still got this obsession with hope, Sam does, and he's been all chatty with her over the walkie talkie on Monday. And Nick's going, Oh, my son, I'm so proud of him. I hope he talks to me soon, though. And um, he tries to get Sam to talk again by saying, Would you like a sausage butty, Sam? Nope, he's not, he's not he's falling not for stupid. that one. <laughs> But he is, he does still doing lots of shaking heads and nodding heads and everything. So he is communicating now, isn't he? And I'm sure they made out a couple of months ago that he's not communicating at all. So there is progress there with Nick. Anyway, Sam is utterly enthralled with this chess game that's going on, which Mary and Roy apparently do every year on New Year's Day, game of chess. And they say, look, we'll look after Sam, if you like, for a bit. Well, you you can go out, Nick. So he's like right up for that. So um, Mary thinks that um, she's close to beating Roy in this game they're having, but then he checks Mater, and Sam's just... He, he can't take his eyes away from this. Fantastic game. You should try... What else do kids like these days? Fortnite. Fortnite. Blow your mind, Sam. Watching streaming. Yeah. Well, do you reckon there are Twitch streamers that do chat? I was just about to say that. Yeah, I wonder. So maybe that's, that's maybe what Sam can discover, or maybe he can do it. So Nick comes, and, and he does do it in a way, at the end of the week, doesn't he? A bit of long-distance chessing, which is very cute. So Nick comes to collect Sam at the end of the episode, um, and he's going he's gonna to come to come again on Tuesday after the first day back at school. So Tuesday, and I told you that the schools broke up at the same time in Weatherfield, because we went back to school on that Tuesday as well, so definitely those kids who were singing in the choir at the Christmas fair should not be at Somebody school Somebody said to us on Twitter that Salford School, some of them broke up. Yeah, but... The what? day, blah, 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 blah. But then they shouldn't have gone back as early as they did, is what I'm saying. I'm telling you that somebody who lives in Salford told us okay. something different. Okay, I right. cannot discount people's lived experiences, Michael. That's not who I am as a person. Okay. <laughs> so we get the chess game with Sam and Roy and Mary on, on Tuesday... Already before it happens, Roy and Mary have had a bit of a discussion about whether to let Sam win or not. And also Nick's talked to Gail about it. And um, she says... I'll tell you what, Roy is absolutely ruthless. Just like you. You will not let anybody win any game ever. I know. Oh, you, the, you, let me say what... Fun. Let me go it's on with what fun. happened first. Not let me fun. talk about what a bad person I am like You that. are. You're awful. So later on, Sam's there. Game's afoot in the cafe. They are a little bit patronising with him, but he's he's not going to be taking any prisoners, it, so it seems. And, yeah, he does win against Mary. I think Mary must... I, I kind of missed what was going on at that, but did Mary let him win, maybe? I don't know. Um, I think Mary was mad because she actually didn't. <laughs> but I, no, I think that I think Mary would beat him. Um, I don't so know. So, anyway, now been... it's Roy's turn, and Roy beats him with a fool's mate. And I'm sure there were lots of Corrie viewers all up and down the country there that were voggling what a fool's mate was. Even what, I mean, Roy says, but I was kind of interested because I'd never heard it before, and it was like the, the quickest way that you can checkmate somebody in a game of chess. And um, Sam immediately gets up and. I know, it's great, I need to learn this. Sam gets up and leaves. Mary has a massacre at Roy, who says, uh, but, but Roy says, look. <laughs> He's got to experience defeat, otherwise he will he'll never get any better, will he? He's like, Oh, the victory is all the sweeter. It's like, yeah, yeah he he's got to lose while he's little so that when he's old like me he can lord it over children exactly so um, back at home Nick tells Gail that he's worried that they've gone back to square one because Sam's all recluse again and Gail says look back off off a bit (laughs) he's going to get back to normal in no time Um, meanwhile Sam's looking at fool's mate on his iPad Wednesday Sam and Nick are in the cafe again which was a bit odd I think if I was Sam 
I wouldn't want to go back to the cafe or or, or has he maybe been looking up these chess tutorials no, are you online? Joking? I thought the whole point of this was like um Nick's un- Nick's underestimating him and actually Sam can't communicate what he's thinking and so Nick's projecting his own insecurities onto Sam but Sam's like actually okay I can learn from this nothing more to say I'm, I can't speak lost the game I'm leaving gonna go look it up come back and try and beat you oh, no, I, don't, I, th- I, I really you know. honestly thought that it was just sometimes I don't get the Nick obvious things not, that happen though, not, do I? Nick's being overprotective is the kind of that's the theme moral, of the story it? yeah. it's like don't be overprotective just because your child has selective mutism. <laughs> so Nick says, um, right, you want, you want to play chess here again today? And Sam nods and Nick uh, goes up to Roy and says, can you let him win this time, please? And nope. Roy's like, no. Back at the bistro later and Leanne seems to be on Roy's side on this matter. And she Leanne. says, yeah, Leanne. Uh, she says, look, should we really be teaching Sam to give up on things when things don't go his way? So he, Nick kind of gets sees what she's getting at here. How and goes, old is Sam again? Ten. Like, yeah, should we be teaching a 10-year-old who can beat a, like, 70-year-old man in chess? <laughs> or perhaps we should say, you've got room to grow. Just bet your elders. So... You should be like, Sam, let him win. <laughs> I'll be dead soon. <laughs> no. Wash my I mouth out with soap. I literally can't believe you. Look, Slap my this. wrist. Drink no. Right. <laughs> so, Roy and Mary decide to teach Sam some chess techniques later. Uh, the horsey goes in an L. Yeah. Nick catches up with Hope later in the street and thanks her for getting Sam to talk. And Hope says, well, you know, you can borrow my walkie-talkies any time you like. And this is how the story ends for the moment. And I thought this was very cute and I'm not very sentimental, but I did enjoy this. There was a bit where Nick was in the bistro, wasn't he, with his chessboard out. And Sam's back yeah. at home with his chessboard and they're like playing this long distance chess with each other. And so this is the first time since Natasha died, or since the, the coffin scene, I think, that Sam's spoken to Nick. And it was very, very cute. And Sarah says, oh, I hope this is the start of getting the old Sam back. And, uh, and then Sam beats Nick. Or does Nick let him win? I don't know. Probably not. I think that uh, I don't think that chess is necessarily one of uh, Nick's passions in life. How many people? Like, who knows? How common is it to know how to play chess? Because I... I think people generally know which way the. I can't each play of the... poker. Well, no, that's that's harder. I think. Do you I think people generally know which way the pieces move in chess, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're very good at strategizing in it. I know that the pawns go forward and the queen goes diagonally, and the, and the, you know this, the the castles go horizontally and vertically mm. whatever but I, I I wouldn't no idea so I could have a go I don't want to ever I'm learn not, I've decided but I can't strategize. I'm not a stra- I'm not a chess person and I never want to that's why learn. I don't like strategy games on my, on my, on my switch or anything um, yeah so you, you, you saw shades of me in Roy's attitude oh, absolutely I don't you can't let people enjoy playing a game ever this is why Gemma and I don't often play video games no, together is rubbish. it I hate it I first of all we are both too competitive aren't we and I this is why I won't learn chess because I'd never win a game so I don't want I'm not interested <laughs> right so but I mean I'm competitive with the games that I'm interested in yeah yeah but exactly because if you think you can't win you don't engage yes <laughs> I so think you're right really rubbish like <laughs> you won't play board games with people no I don't when everyone came around at, at um, New Year's Eve you were like just sat there on your phone while everyone's enjoying playing games yeah like, I don't want to play if I won't win and then if when we get out like, <laughs> out of the bananagrams yeah you're like word game I'm in what was it splits no I don't know I can't remember 
Bananagrams anyway, Bananagrams is good. But yeah, you you are too invested in winning. But don't you, do you agree with Roy that you can't just let children win? Uh, let children... Um, I think you shouldn't let children do anything. No, you, you should not just let children win to make them feel better. I totally agree with that. But I also think if you're that good at chess, perhaps you could lead him on a merry chase. You know, don't just go, oh, that's instant fail. <laughs> I get in this situation it was the right thing to do. But I just think there's definitely something to be said for, t- you know, tailoring your... I think that's that's another reason why I would be a bad father because I think you, you sometimes have got to, haven't you? Especially when they're clearly intellectually <laughs> inferior. <laughs> you've got to let them beat you or whatever. Or, oh, look, okay, or if they've got if these short little legs, you've got to let them beat you in a running race Oh, in sometimes. a parallel universe, we, have, we definitely I'd, have I'd, a very I'd sporty son who's like, father, I'm going to beat you at rugby again. I'm like, yes, that's right. Go and beat your dad at rugby. It's <laughs> show that fit. Yeah, it, it, yeah if, we had a, if we had a kid, he probably would actually be able be to really beat me sporty, at any, any physical sports. And anyway, I'm not the only person <laughs> like this because when every- I play on my, when I play Mario Kart with George, he whoops me every single time and he will not ever let me win. But I don't think I'd want to let him, uh, I don't think he would, I would want him to let me win, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating when, match after match after match on Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, he completely kicks me to the dirt. This is why people have ranked matches and stuff. And this is why it's kind of annoying. Like, if your friends are far better at something than you are, you know, it's just not fun, is it? Yeah. It's more fun when you've got a chance of winning. Well, when we which... we got the new Mario Party game, didn't oh, we, a yeah. few months ago. Oh, yeah. and, we've, <laughs> and we've played, what, six matches of it together? And I think you've beaten me in five out of the six matches. Skill. It's because it's all random, no, Mario. Skill. It's all about roll of the dice. Absolutely, size. I am the best. But I still enjoy playing it with no, you. No, you don't. You get very mad. I get mad at the end when you win. And you go, what? Why did you get a star for that? <laughs> oh, great. I'm like five... Five moves away from a star, I got a one, and now it's moved. This game's stupid. Yeah, maybe I am. Right, Gemma, your turn. Snog Mariam or avoid? Uh, avoid. No. <sighs> what day is this? Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday day. Oh, we had a we had a um, makeover for speed dial, which Already. I thought was weird because it yeah, like it's you say, it's only been open like three years, and I think it looks really contemporary and cool. Um, it's, it's blue and pink, isn't now it? Now it's a colours. different kind of look, and it's also cool. I think it's very nice looking. I like I liked the coziness and kind of autumnal vibes it of the old one. It definitely had a more orange palette, didn't it? Yeah, um, and it also means that I've got to redesign our Patreon logo for the for the speed dial tier that's tier at some point. But I can't say that's high on my. I list don't know why they redesigned priorities. it, but it looks nice as as it was and as it is. Ed's been doing it, um, and. So is Mariam helping out, talking about, oh, I remember when I decorated my room with my dad, but he's dead. And Zidane's like, oh. He's not all bad. We had a lovely time together when I was a wee lass. They're having some sexy painting time. And as usual, she's a lady <laughs> character. Sounds like they're just getting naked and slopping it all over each other. Because she's a lady character, she's got a sexy paint thing on her face. Oh, yeah. She had a little splodge on her nose or something, didn't she? No, on her little cheek. Which is... I give them props because normally... If funnily enough, when a sexy female character has a sexy little paint mark on their sexy face, it goes to accentuate their cheekbones. But they didn't do it that way this time. Um, and Ryan, Ryan and Ali are watching this, like they're shagging From on the table. The going, oh God. Um, 
And then Ali goes and talks to his dad. He's like, what the hell are you doing? We need to get rid of this woman. We killed her dad. And he's like, don't worry about it. She's going back to London. Then they, um, he and Mario are tidying. And he's sympathising. Um, she's saying nobody cares about me anymore. All my family was like, all everywhere, all over us when he was rich. But now he's gone. Um, and she's like, look, I'm going to leave soon. Don't worry about me. Yasmin on Wednesday. She's oblivious. She doesn't know that they've killed this they didn't man. kill him they just didn't really try and help him out very much <laughs> but he was trying to break the, their legs the Kelly the... school of getting rid of people yeah um, yeah Yasmin's like oh Zidane and Mary are a great nice couple um, they're going to open tomorrow so please Mar- Mariam and um, Zidane go and enjoy yourselves and have fun and yeah, by, by like, tomorrow they mean in five days time when the next yeah. episode is on Ali's still going what are you doing Zan's like oh I don't fancy I don't worry Stu's come and he's um, making himself useful at speed dial um, he's kind of he done himself he up and, a bit he? he and Yasmin have kind of got this weird sexual tension going on and he's like oh I don't. she's like oh um, I don't know about this and then um, he mentions a film is this, is this the point where he talks about a film where which in which the characters are in a similar situation to them and, and it all gets a little bit awkward. This reminds me of that film, Homeless Guy Shag's Restaurant Owner. <laughs> oh, that's actually a short film. You might have... It's mostly internet-based. I'll tell you the link later. He, i tell you what, speaking of Stu, has he been coughing this week or is he over that now? <laughs> he seems to be miraculously So he didn't cured. have some terminal illness. He was just homeless. Like, I'm just going to write this in in case we need to get rid of him. Yeah. So, um... Oh, Mariam and Zidane come back from shopping. They've bought each other gifts. Uh, and they're she's, all she's happy. She's bought him a football top and he's bought and her a watch. Um, and she's like, oh, this reminds me of when we were married. I'm going to miss you. They're going for a kiss. And then Zidane goes, let's carry on being married. I never stopped loving you. Your dad was just an arsehole, but now he's dead. <laughs> she's like, oh, so, so true. <laughs> but I'm still sad about it. <laughs> I need to think about it. Teen seconds later, she's like, yeah, brilliant. You know what? You know you said you hated London. Guess what? I've had an idea. We don't have to live in London. We can live here. And then I was like, oh, sh- uh, that's a- an option. Yeah. They break the news to Alia later. And then Alia's like, Zidane, you are insane. How are we going to keep it a secret that we killed Hashim? Not that we did. Um, while she's living in the same house as us. This is silly. This reminds me of another storyline. This reminds me exactly, exactly the same as how is uh, Kelly not going to find out that you bopped her dad on the head with a rock and now he's six feet under somewhere when she's living with us. you idiot. We came up with this first, but now we look like we're copying Emma and and Faye. Well done. (laughs) Oh, I was just more thinking of Gary and Rick Nealon. Yeah, I know, but... Yeah. She doesn't know about that, Michael. She doesn't know. She doesn't know about that one, does she? Um... Yeah, anyway, whatever. I think the Marion's quite she's nice. Very, I like she's her. She's very cute. She's very sweet. And I, I honestly, when I was seeing She's like the sort of woman who, like, rescues mice and, like, knits them jumpers. <laughs> when I saw them uh, having a nice <laughs> nice romantic time with Zidane and doing the painting together, I thought, oh, that was quite lovely. And, and and it was the first time that we've ever seen Zidane smile. And it reminded me of, like, yeah, I used to like Zidane when he was a bit more cheery. He's been far too surly. But... I don't necessarily the need them to come back and stay in the story. Do you think, what do you think is going to happen? Do you reckon she's going to stay? <sighs> she's going to stay long enough to go, oh, my dad, what, what do you mean you killed him? No, we didn't kill him such. I hope the story isn't going to run on that much longer, but I just kind of got a feeling that it will. 
Right, last story then. I've got an idea. I've just had what? a brilliant idea. What? I reckon this is actually... We're, we're like crapping all over this. But actually, it's going to turn out that there's been some kind of chemical leak in Weatherfield that's killing off all the men. Yeah. Ted, Kim, Tim's getting it, Hashim. Rick Nealon actually didn't get smashed to death. He just died of a chemical leak. Johnny. Yeah. Seb. And, it, and somebody... I, I think that Imran and Adam as like Erin Brockovich's are going to uncover the injustice committed against everybody by an evil wool mill owner. Mm. And that's going to be the story of Coronation Street. Whoa, hold down your predictions. Until well, otherwise it doesn't episode, make any Jenna. sense, does it, Michael? <laughs> right. Lastly, <laughs> Jenny and Leo. Basically, the story there is... Um, <laughs> Well, Jenny gets up early on New Year's Eve, doesn't she? And starts doing a makeup so that Leo doesn't see what old haggard old witch she is first thing in the morning. Not really. Shut I'm sure up. She's lovely. This reminds me of um, I read an article with Char- is it Charlotte Till? I've forgotten the name of it. Charlotte Tills, Tillsbury, the person, women who and men who wear makeup will know who I'm talking about. Charlotte, whatever her name is, who's like this new beauty brand, which I really like. But I remember reading an article with her where she said that when she gave birth, she had like a makeup artist to so that her husband wouldn't see her without makeup on. And I was reading it thinking, this is either the most inspiring thing I've ever I've read or the most horrible and horrendous example of how the patriarchy screws over women. <laughs> and I can't decide which one. But this reminded me of that, like, if you can't let your bloke see you without your makeup on, when are you going to fart? Think of that. On our New Year's Eve uh, party, um, Lorraine, was it Lorraine or Rachel? I can't remember asking you for makeup remover and you're like, I've got no idea. I literally just washed my face. (laughs) Um, I haven't worn makeup in about two years. What's the point of wearing makeup in a pandemic? Um, Just for me. Well, if you, yourself can't, up. if you can't take me at my worst, you don't deserve <laughs> me doing a podcast. Um, yeah, I'm podcast sorry that is... I look like a heap of rubbish, but honestly, putting colour on my face is not going to do anything for the rest <laughs> of it. So, what's the point? Well, if you could, if you could buy me a dress that's like some kind of camouflaging, kind of shape shifting material, then I'd be in with a chance. <laughs> with a but chance I just look like what? Jabba the Hutt with lipstick on. Oh, darling. I don't I've got mirrors. There's a whole wall of them in front of me at the moment. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, anyway, the, the point is, Jenny probably doesn't need to do this, but um, but she, she wants to just, make a good impression. Is this on like young just beau. to demonstrate that she that the insecurity of an older woman? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A, yeah. a hot stud. A hot young. What has Leo done for her? Hmm. What's he? Has he? Has he's he waxed his bum the, hole? He's not sick. Fixed the sinkhole that ended up killing her husband. That's what. Well, I think that was a bit of uh, lucky for him. So um, anyway, Leo's got these New Year's plans with his mates later, and says, "You want to come over to the party? It's going to be banging." And um, she says, oh, "I can't. No, obviously, thanks. I'm working." Uh, and anyway, she seems to feel a little bit too old for all this uh, malarkey. So in the evening, she's there at the pub with Daisy saying, oh, I reckon Leo's probably off finding a much younger woman now. And Daisy says, no, don't worry, he definitely is interested in you. And just to prove the point, in he comes with his mate. The party was rammed, apparently, so they decided to come back to the Rovers and spend New Year's Eve there. And as the clock strikes 12, signalling the end of 2021, Jenny and Leo are all cosied up in the back of the pub, having a bit of a snog, and, um, and that's the end of that. 
Because the cat's just, the cat's just limping, limping around outside for more sympathy. But um, we'll be able to go and say hello to her soon because we have reached what? the end of Street Talk for this week and indeed for 2021. There was a dramatic bit where Daisy came down the stairs with a water pistol, um, which I think actually... Oh, yes, there um, was. I've forgotten about that. I've written a note, gun shadow on wall. I couldn't remember what that was talking about, but it was her. She thought it was an intruder, but actually... There is no more dangerous thing for a woman putting her makeup on in the morning than another lady with a with a water. Pistol. I know. Imagine if Daisy had fired her and then just washed all the water. This is her a makeup. waterproof mascara, you moron! <laughs> I've been putting this on for the last hour. So I've we been have contouring. <laughs> How dare you? We have got a week and a bit to rate. Um, I honestly didn't mind this week too much. Like I said at the Such beginning a of it, when you say that. I enjoyed the fact that there were some brand new stories in there. As silly as the Ted stuff was, Ted himself was quite fun to watch. I enjoyed the Tim story. Don't love Tim particularly, but I I, I didn't hate him this week. Um, the Habib, Abby baby thing was okay. The Sam's chest stuff, nice. Quite like Mariam. I thought it was okay. Honestly, it was an all right start to the year. And, and maybe I'm feeling full of festive cheer at the moment. But um, I am going to be giving this week's Coronation Street three and a half Fingers up the bum Ew. out of five. No. Gemma. There's far too much smut talk on this podcast. Are it's we not me. It's Peter Barlow. He's, he's the bad influence on me. It's also me. me saying various swear words, which I'm sorry I shouldn't have said. How many ciders have you had this evening? I've had like half of one. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, really. <laughs> what are you going at this what week? What do you give it? Three and a half. I don't know what the half of the finger is. I suppose there's only so many you can well, fit. Well, how much of a knuckle? <laughs> Just the tip. Apologies, everybody. Um, I give this three, I reckon. Three, three. Three crushed ginger nuts. Watch out, Craig, Gary and... (laughs) Jenny Bradley. Yeah, right. (laughs) Has she gone back to Jenny Bradley now? She should do. I don't think it's a bit rude, isn't it? If your husband dies. Yeah, but everybody knows. I remember when um, the idea was put forward that she was going to get married to Johnny anyway. And I thought, they won't change her. I was absolutely insistent that she was not going to change her name from Bradley. Because she's just Jenny Bradley. has no positive connotations for her. Well, her dad tried to kill Rita. Yeah, but for among, among the fans, she's still Twice. Jenny Bradley, isn't he? Jenny Bradley, death, death. Not the same as a Connor. Um, character of the week. Um, I'm not going to give it to. I'm not going to give it to Faye because Ted's crutches. I think, I think Ted himself is in with quite a good chance because he made a, a nice first impression in those what three scenes that he was in. He was great. Um, Emma, Emma was being a bit dippy. Although, to be fair to her, it was good that she wanted to confess. Um, even though it might make Don't things worse for people. Don't you let yourself get bullied by a teenage girl. Um, thought Lydia was all right. Um, thought Sam, Roy, uh, there's a few. I don't know whether there's anybody that stands Ted. out as a as a definite. Ted. Shall I get, let's give it to Ted. You can't get it again. Lovely dead Ted. We'll give it to him this week because um, he can do no wrong now. He will, yeah, he, he he's not gonna he's not gonna be catching up to, to Jenny and Feeling and Abby right. in the character of the week stakes, is he? So he a posthumous award for Ted there. That's what I say. He about enjoyed you this week. Nothing I like more than a dead man can't let you down. Uh oh. Um, I have got actually here that the other characters that um, Dougie Brown played in Coronation Street. He was in 1997 playing a character called George Freeman. And uh, I think I did look earlier in the week to see who that was, but now I have forgotten. And also he played Bernie, who was the husband in 2004 of um, the character that Honor Blackman played. What a 
Absolute Which was box. a character called Ruler something or other, which is kind Lenska. of funny as, as Ruler Lenska later came into it. Yeah, but, she's, um, um, well, that's an honour, isn't it? <laughs> yes, indeed. So, that is it for our street talk of New Year and first week. If it's starting as it means to go on, then I've just, I don't know what to say. I, I, I need it to be more than this. No more medical stuff. I'm going to ban it. I think there may be more medical stuff to come. Just saying. Do you mean it doesn't matter what I say? Yes, I'm afraid I can't so. Unless, unless you're going to get the uh, producer job when uh, when Ian McLeod finally. Why pulls do you it keep? I don't know. It's going to happen sometimes. Well, I, well, I can exclusively reveal that I am not. Okay. I don't think that they would let me, as I have literally no experience apart from ripping it to shreds <laughs> every week for nearly ten years. Shall we move on to the news now? Yes. And see what the cat's doing. Yes, I think we should. It is time for the news, and sometimes around this time of year we don't have much news, you know, Christmas time, but it is sometimes also the opportunity for her Madge, who, as we know, is an adamant Coronation Street fan, to honour some of the cast members with a bit of a a dameship or a knighthood or a bit of an MBE, OBE. And certainly this year, Coronation Street did pretty well in the old Queen's New Year's honours list, didn't they? Was it something to do with you being the... um, Whatever it was that you made yourself on Wikipedia the other oh, month. Oh, yeah. I, was a, I don't know. Rightful worshipness of the Grand High yeah. Order of the... Whispered a little word duck. in Liz's ears and say, look, I reckon that William Roach should be an OBE because he only gone and got that. OBE. That's I think, pretty good. That's better than an MBE, I hear. I don't know. I've forgotten again. But what I would like her to do instead, try this next year... Um, just give out random qualifications like he's got an MVQ in hairdressing <laughs> and like Jana Lumley gets a, a 300 metre swimming certificate yeah that would be so funny she's like, got the power to convert any award on to, any one of her subjects you've got a PhD in philosophy there you go awesome what do you think of that <laughs> I can do whatever I like <laughs> right so William Roach has got an OBE this year now it was a while ago since he got his MBE I don't know why can particularly o- this year was the one that she chose to give him it but why not do you need not? an MBE to get an OBE I don't know whether you can just leapfrog it. Maybe, I'm not sure. William Roach has has got a quote here. He says, I'm delighted to be receiving an OBE. Is it such a wonderful honour? I I can't tell you how proud I am. Coronation Street has given me so much life and I absolutely love the programme and everyone who works on the show. And last year, I got a bloody great big picture of myself, didn't I? And have you seen my giant conservatory? Tell you what, being William Roach is blooming great. (laughs) They they would have met earlier this year, wouldn't they? Do you think when she came to visit the street at back in um back in July time it was like remember me yes no. it's been a long time since you gave me the MBE wasn't it so, I reckon he upgrade, shook her please. hand and wouldn't let go and he's going it's an honour it's an honour your majesty <laughs> I bet it's he did have honor. a little word in her ear well also and, and Barbara well, Knox is like uh, excuse me excuse me but, but then we've got Dame Maureen Littman that's just looking down her nose at oh. all of us. <laughs> we're not going to mention any of her news this week no too controversial so Cherylee Houston has also got an MBE. This is a massive surprise, but I'm so so pleased. Yeah, for her. she's great. She deserves but it. She, she's she's done so honestly. She's worked so yep. hard on these. Um, well, just well, the the award is for services to drama and to people with disabilities. But she's been doing lots of work with their Triple C charity, hasn't she? Yeah. She's so much to try and get um people with disabilities recognised in, in well, to the get acting their needs profession. Met and yeah, to yeah, exactly. Improve representation. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, um, so I, I was I was so, so happy with this. She says, Equality and inclusion of disabled people is something that's been very dear to me throughout my career so far. It's important that we are represented in the media and that our stories are told. Disabled young people need to see people like themselves on our screens. Um, oh, yeah, massively, massively happy. And also, as I pointed out to, so I think, Rebecca on Twitter, um, back on New Year's Eve when this was announced, I think that we have got some influence on the podcast ourselves because last year we had Sally Dinover MBE mere weeks after she'd been a guest on the podcast. This year, Cheryl Lee Houston comes onto the podcast in the summer, MBE. Well, we so, know the Queen listens to this because she she's a patron. And she picks one of our guests every year yeah. to make an MBE. So, that, so be a if there's any Coronation Street people um, listening to this and you she's want to a get a chance... Legally, I have to say that she's not a patron. <laughs> if anyone wants to get anyone that wants a chance to get an MBE, then just come on Conversation well, Street say, for a guest, and you'll be in the running. In the very um, unlikely chance that one of the people who said they are going to do an interview and then just disappeared into the ether is listening, you might re- want to know that there's a bit of a, what's the word, incentive for you yeah. to come back and, exactly. and do the interview that yeah. you said you'd do. Yeah. Congratulations, you two. Amazing. Coronation Street has done very well. Very much deserved. But, um, I'm really glad that we June, finally... What? June Brown off EastEnders.com got, uh, got something or other as well, didn't she? But we don't talk Packet about crisps. that, show here. Here you go, you can have this. I don't like them. She got a jar of jelly deals from the Queen. Oh, my favourite. Bought bought my own. (laughs) Um, I'm really glad to see in the ranks the um, Corrie stars getting more honours. It's like the Queen's kind of forgot that she used to watch Corrie and then she went to the set. She's like, oh, bloody hell, I forgot about this. I (laughs) I promised him that I'd give him this years ago. I said that about, oh God, how many, 30 years ago. But because when I go through Wikipedia, uh, Corrypedia, you always see like the honours at the end of the year. It's like, oh, they used to get like stuff. They did. I mean, back in the day, because there was some of the yeah. I can't remember. Like Violet Carson got one, didn't she? she? Was I can't remember. Made who else. the Duke of York, and then you know what happened <laughs> after that. Um, but you know, if if you want to really stretch the boundaries here, they're not the only Coronation Street stars who got awarded in the in Queen's well, New Year's no. honours list this year because um, ex Corrie star Joanna Lumley Most was also made a dame. Corrie, yeah, absolutely. That what was she? Elaine Perkins, I think the character was called. Dated, Elaine Perkins dated Ken Barlow back in the seventies. I think what it was price. and um, she, she hasn't done anything else since so clearly this is for her work on Coronation yeah, she's Street n- she's not been out of the public eye for a long time I think uh, Gemma you might need is. to um, tell us what Joanna Lumley has had to say about this great honour I am astonished and thrilled and touched beyond words to receive this colossal honour it comes as a complete and unexpected surprise and is the kindest and most beautiful present imaginable Perfect. Well, that goes to crap all over what if she got at Christmas, doesn't it? <laughs> like point, all her, like her daughter in laws going, oh, fine, sorry you didn't like the rose scented soap I got you, Joanna, <laughs> but you're a bit hard to buy for. Do you know what I'm saying? You didn't like that Gurkha sword I bought you. Um, we, uh, and also, Literally Gemma. You don't know what to get you. I got your next voucher. You, apparently, you've never heard of it. <laughs> There is one more Coronation Street New Year's Honours list, and this is from another Corrie Allen, Melanie B herself. That's right. Of Spice Girls fame, but also famously, she was a checkout girl in Coronation Street for a little bit on on um, 
when it was Better Boys, and she played Andy's girlfriend when the actress who was actually Andy's girlfriend was off. Was, was off from the show, so they had to have a scene of them huggling together on a dark sofa, and they, sh- and the, and they just didn't shine a light on her face, but that was actually Mel B as well. So she has been made an MBE for her services to domestic violence victims, and I know that she has been doing lots of work. Well, she worked with Coronation following... Street. Yeah, yeah, that's she very true, actually. She did. She worked with them to talk about her experiences, so I think this is actually... It's yeah, that actually she has. Thanks to Melanie B. You forgot about that, didn't you? Which I have thought about at some point last week. I just forgot now. Makes me think that I'm definitely onto something with my old Corey Collective thing, which I haven't posted on for about a year. Which I'm I'm gonna get one of these definitely for my services. You started the Corey Collective in the spring this year. Time is meaningless. (laughs) I thought that was a good idea. You should start that back up again. Well, if I'm gonna get an MBE, I'll think about it. That's okay. all I'm doing it for. Yeah, um, I, I haven't. Got and a... also, we donate our Patreon. Where's our Where's our Queen Award? I don't. Oh, I'll tell you what, if I get it off Charles, <laughs> I'll accept it, but I'll be mad. <laughs> um, I haven't got a quote from anybody here, but um, I'm sure she said something like, Proper... "I've still got it. <laughs> never, never left me. I always had it." <laughs> all right. Some people get that reference. Some people will not. You are our kind. The innocent ones. Um, also this uh, this week, we have got good news because if you're into the um, Coronation Street merchandise, they've just put some new mugs up on the ITV have shop, haven't them, they? Yeah. I have ordered us some mugs, yes. Um, so not only now can you get your aprons, your tea towels and your... Tote bags. Tote bags, exactly. Now there's a couple of mugs. There's a Bet mug and a Ken mug. And um, they're, they're funny shaped mugs as well, aren't they? I like they kind the shape. of go in and out. They look like little tiny witches' cauldrons. Yeah, we'll, we'll post some pictures when Which ours is come very in. We can, I guess, go to the ITV shop and find out for yourself. Bet's definitely a crone, isn't she? Well, the Bet. And Ken is must be a warlock because otherwise, how do you explain how long he's been in the show? Very true, very true. Um, yeah, the, the the bet one is like a leopard print all over with the with the big yellowy gold box with the quotum that's the same quote that's on the apron, which is that this isn't a smile, this is a lid on the screen. Um, I, I I was a bit disappointed to see that. I don't want them to keep trotting out the same old quotes on everything. Like, got my quote, put it on an apron, put it on a mug, put it on a bumper sticker, put it on a pregnancy test kit you know let's have a bit of variety there's a lot of good quotes from coronation street in the past the ken one is is new though and that's a green mug and it's got the quote i was um i happen to think i'm a great guy i think that's so funny i think it's hilarious but i think to lots of people it's like that's a bit of a um random quote. bit of a random thing to say but that was from the scene where um he's discovered that Deirdre's been having a fling with Mike back in 83, isn't it? And he's saying, oh yeah, boring, boring. Everything says I'm, everyone says I'm boring. Is that why you're leaving me? Well, actually, I happen to think I'm a great guy. And it's just hilarious because it ties into his pompous personality and um, how he's... I, 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 Again, like Calling himself out, a great guy is almost the way of saying, I'm really cool, I'm still I'm with awesome. it. awesome. Yeah. This is why my theory that Ken that Mark off of Peep Show is just Ken the character of Ken but for the modern era is correct because I can Peep imagine Mark reference. You can saying this while he's being berated by Olivia Coleman Oscar winner yeah 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 
I happen to think I'm a great guy. I do think that's a funny quote. And, I and it's one that you can imagine drinking out of and people watching you. And as you're drinking out of this mug, you're looking down your nose at yeah, people. I think it's quite funny. Out. But uh, I don't know whether we'll be drinking from our mugs or whether we're just having them on the display with my other Christmassy mugs collection. But um, anyway, if you want to do that, go and get them. They're, um, I haven't seen other things on the ITV shop sold out, so you don't need to rush for it. Uh, maybe they'll have a sale on it at some point because they are, they're pretty expensive. They're like... How much are they? Like £12 or something for a mug and four ninety five delivery. So it's a little what? bit steep. I'm but, getting um, for myself for that price. Only available there. But I assume that I when thought... the new Coronation Street tour opens, they'll have them for sale there as well. I think that's what they're doing. I think they're pre-stocking their yeah. merch shop. But I thought things were cheaper up north. What is this? This is London prices. This is totally London prices. Do you think? Um, do you think this is just the start of something big? Is that? Is it? Is it going to be? It's very promising because it means that the other stuff's shifting. Yeah, that's very true. Actually, um, they wouldn't but it's be a printing bit weird. these stuff. I, I think somebody's might be in trouble because why was this not out before Christmas? Yeah, um, probably got stuck on a ship from China. Probably. I, I'm hoping that we will get to see more stuff over the over the year. And we have been saying for years and years and years we need more Cory merchandise. And I still don't think this is you know as much as they used to do back in say the 90s or the early well, don't 2000s. Forget that the, but it's the start. Cory, okay, well done. For you know the the thing is that the viewership has gone down a, a drastic amount, hasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're selling to a smaller pool of people. Yeah. It's a shame there's still not as much of a range. But one thing I think is quite interesting is like, who are they pitching this to? They've obviously decided who they're, who they're selling it to. And it's not a kind of stereotypical Corrie crowd, is it? It's not Nana's, is it? Yeah. I don't think Nana's would be going, yeah, I would really like a tote bag with leopard print on it. Well, the two quotes are both, you know, quite old, aren't they? Mm. From the eighties. So this is obviously catering but, you know, to the, it's not the like, old Corrie viewer. Yeah, I know, but it's not like it's a Toby jug or a Toya thimble. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, th- I think I think they need to start putting out a few bits of merch that have got some references to more modern characters in there. But maybe maybe the young the, the youth of today don't want to buy aprons and mugs. I don't, I don't know why. It's really interesting. They must have done some kind of market research to decide they didn't who ask us who we're who are we pitching this to and who it is strange yeah because it's like modern stuff but old how clued up are modern young viewers on Corey's heritage and are they kind of thinking actually we looked at the statistics for the classic episodes and it's actually pretty high yeah maybe what are, what are the stats for that i'd love to know yeah well if anyone wants to consult us then um we, we Don't ask us because we'd just be fit. like... We'd be like, put Irma Ogden on a mug. Irma Ogden, I want the picture of the one true love. Irma and... What's I, can't, speaking of, I can't believe that they haven't done anything with the woman Stanley Woman quote on. Well, they've made so that's a probably, that's probably the, it. They've made a stamp of it, but that's probably the most famous Coronation Street quote, isn't it? But, or oh, you're really Richard Hillman with a briefcase. Or I love you, uh, and it's always you. Uh, or be really I didn't cool. do any of it. <laughs> Free the Weatherfield one. Yeah. It'd be really cool if you had um like a picture of um get like Gail and um Gail and what's his face in the car going into the canal, <laughs> what's right? His face? And it's a it's a heat changing mug, so when you put water in it, like the the the, the, the tide comes up yeah. and they disappear into the canal and when you lift the mug up it's musical and it plays and it's always... So hang on a minute, if it's twelve pounds for just the normal mug, how much are you charging for this? <laughs> Well, we'll see. Well, we'll come back to this in a year's time and see what's out there then. But yeah, I'm, I'm quite hopeful or, about this. Or about a 
beautiful depiction of the tragic love story of Jenny and Johnny with one of those little tumblers that's like a plastic coating on the outside that's got like little fish and things swimming around in it. You know what I mean? Like the double in the middle, it's got like glitter and fish swimming around in like a bubbly thing and you can watch Johnny drown. <laughs> well, I think they should make one based on the uh, the classic, most funniest episode of Coronation Street that had been the waterbed episode, except you pour your tea in there and it just leaks out the side. <laughs> <laughs> you could do one of those for um, and in the hot tub as well. Yeah, you could, I, I think if you did How that, about maybe big... if you did that one, when the hot liquid was in it, it looks like the covers are over with Maureen and Reg, <laughs> and as the water leaks out of it, you get to see naked Maureen and Reg underneath, like those rude those rude pens that the clothes fall off when you were... <laughs> yeah, you I know what up. you're talking about. How about a massive sugar lump in the shape of Smichael that you can throw into people's tea and make it spill everywhere? Why in the shape of... Oh, yeah. The bath, yeah. Um... We've got so many ideas. We've got so guys. many ideas. Just give Hit us a up. ring. <laughs> they were dead you know our number. And if you don't do it, then we're just going to go to Etsy. We're just be, yeah, we're going to make our own. Um, definite... I want to make a mug with a bistro ninja on. I tell you, right? Yes, bistro ninja. Last thing. Um, soapy slip ups was on this week, wasn't that on Monday? Um, Monday between the two Corries. I like a good blooper show, and this was pretty fun. It was yes. It was uh, should have been longer. It should have been longer. I think. I can criticise certain bits of it, but for what it was, it was great. Yes, they had quite a long time of some of the Corrie cast members just staring at a monitor off screen and laughing and then saying, oh, they've just done this, or, or repeating the quote back. But that's just the way that these programmes work, isn't it? You've got to have your talking heads. But um, yeah, it was great. We had, um, I love the, I think one of my favourite bits was where uh, Jack P. Shepherd was pulling faces at Julia Golding when his... Uh, when his head was turned away from the camera just to try and make her laugh. And I loved the um the bit with Jane Danson and her cod and her Pollock stuff at the end where she couldn't remember her lines. Oh yeah, she's like she so it's Pollock it's not po- Pollock, it's Cod. No, it's Cod no. She gets she so couldn't get it and it she brilliant. kept like she got inside her own head and she couldn't Yeah. Um there was the bit with <laughs> there's the bit with Charlie and Georgia and uh Maureen Lipman around the booth in the oh. Rovers and he gets all flustered and forgets his line and then at the end does he have a line like, I haven't done anything, and then she says, except you bleat up the scene? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so mean. Um, oh, there, no. What else was that? Oh, there was Jimmy Harkishin making up his words, apparently. Oh, yeah, that's right. Making up all these gobbledygook. Jack, Jack P. Shepherd. Has he ever had a blooper? Jack? Oh, yeah, I bet No, he I does. mean, in the show. Yeah. he's like, he's... He's, he's very professional, isn't No, no, but I mean, like, he really relishes other people's errors. Yes. And it makes me think he's like, I'll be on it, but you can't show any of well, his, he had the Well, he had the, yeah, he had the blooper this week because he had the bit where he was trying to ad-lib the bit where he was asking Daniel to text Bertie or something, wasn't it? And then he just, like, hung oh, on yeah. it. He texts the two-year-old kids. <laughs> the baby. Now, there is a blooper of him that went, went to air, isn't there? That no, that I don't think he was supposed to talk about, which is um on it's on YouTube until ITV find out about it, which maybe this is gonna is there yeah of him going oh yeah yeah he kind of looks like he's breathing a swear word doesn't he well, he kind of says the word yeah he does quite obviously he, does. he drops a comb and he goes oh fudge <laughs> and the extra is having a hair dance going oh we're gonna carry on I I, I guess. Something that certainly dated this uh, this slip ups as well was the bit where they had all the masks and the ca- various characters struggling to get their masks masks off of the scene. Like, yeah. um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who played Ray Crosby. Um, 
Mark Frost when he was a that's right dressed up as the oh, building worker and he sounds quite plummy it's in just life, like back it? in the old days when you used to watch interviews with all the car like the original cast they go I was so thrilled to represent my the, my fellow northerners and finally to get an accent of the of the place where I was born on television <laughs> and then you've got everybody on this thing going I can't believe it <laughs> I fell over again. Well, yeah, which was another flipping Demi Webster falling out at the bistro. They showed that about five times, didn't they? But, um, it was, anyway, yeah, it, it was, was it was a fun Watch it was a fun it. shot. I really wish they'd do these more, but I just guess they. I can't don't think they have as many mistakes because Corey never absolutely ever go wrong. Professionals, they don't have time. If they if but, anyone makes a mistake, they get whipped. Uh, it must be like so tense and horrible because it from 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 what we hear, it really is like. Get next it. scene, next scene, Come next on. scene. Also, if it's at the end of the day and everyone you're holding everyone up because you're like, oh, can't remember what I'm supposed to say. Yeah. And all and the other thing too, if you're like an established cast member who's been there for years, you probably think, oh yeah, I can mess around. It's funny. If you're well, like new, that, yeah. you're like, oh Jesus Christ. They had the bit where um, Simon Gregson was making was I can't remember what he was doing, but he was messing around, and um, Sam Retford, who played Curtis, was there, and and. Uh, getting like really tense about it and Simon's like I can say what I want I've been in this show for, for get rid of nearly me. 40 years make this show without Steve I dare you oh they also had the one with Peter Ash and he couldn't hear what he was saying wrong yes he was he saying it wrong he's like what and it was like hang on Peter you've done it again he's like um no I haven't <laughs> anyway it is good um, somebody's uploaded it in, in a few parts to YouTube I don't think it's on the oh no it is on the ITV hub isn't it yeah but, uh, really funny YouTube, really good love it abroad. I like it when people can laugh at themselves yes. it's um, yeah, and I feel really bad for people. And this is the thing: it's like they they just film you making all your mistakes. It must it's so hard. Yeah. To put yourself out there. What they didn't have, which I think they had in um one of the older ones of this, because this is the second or third maybe Cory Soapy slip ups. They didn't have any like classic retro ones. I'm sure they had like in the old one. Um, oh Pat yeah, Phoenix yeah, they did. By the they really, yeah. But I think they've run out of them. Yeah, they probably that's the only one. Really. They probably like whenever. Well, whenever they made a mistake, they probably just burned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably did. Right. Okay. Let's uh, let's finish with the news and uh, do some feedback. Okay, feedback, first feedback of 2022. And we have got the score on the Facebook group for last week's festive coronation street. And it looks like everybody was filled with the Christmas spirit because they gave it a quite good score. They gave it a four. And it wasn't four point anything. It literally averaged out to a whole number. And Christmas miracle is not often that happens. Wow. And that included from Judith, four boxes of melted milk and dark chocolate ice and dark chalk ices in the bin out of five jonathan gave it three boundary disputes preferable to a morning in bed with sarah out of five <laughs> uh, whilst briante gave it three street latrines out of five Disgusting. congratulations you're the first winners of the year Gemma, would you like to read fangelo Velo's yes um messages what she said Firstly, let's remember that it's been two years since paul robert died oh robert he even got a mention and my first prediction is that will be the last time he is ever mentioned in Coronation Street ever. Roy's back. I thought his exit was way too low-key and he's one of my all-time favourite characters. I'm so glad he was reunited with Nina as well. I cried when they hugged. The bigged-up Barlow Platt Christmas. Well, let's just say Nick and Leanne had the right idea when they walked out as soon as they got there. <laughs> just kidding. It wasn't as bad as I thought, but I will stick to what I originally said. I would have preferred both families to have their own Christmases separate from each other. Too many cooks... Certainly spoiled 
the broth. Thank you. Now, um, she did also send some predictions in with this post. And I'm going to save them for our predictions episode next week. So we've got the, got the review of 2022. We've got the predictions. If anyone else has got any predictions they want to send us in for what's going to be happening in Corrie over the next 12 months, send them in. We'll see which ones we can read out. Um, now, speaking of feedback from last week, we had Nancy, our most recent Madfrit Award winner, talking about what she thought about the Christmas episodes. The Christmas episode was wonderful, with Jenny joining in on the singing and congratulating Daisy. I loved that Coronation Street took the punch-up between Tyrone and Phil and made a silent movie video. Oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? They put that up on... um on the Instagram or whatever. Um, Audrey was a pure joy to watch and I loved Evelyn's New Jersey accent. I loved that Toya was the one to get Kelly to the support group. It was wonderful that Abby and her got a chance to hear each other talk in a safe environment about how they're both struggling. It was brilliant because Abby and Kelly listened to each other and could see the impact of their actions. Dev telling Kelly she had to leave is trying to do the best for his family. It's great that Kelly will be living with Gary, but does this mean that Kelly will find out about her father? I I still don't get, unless he he talks in his sleep or he's got Rick Nealon buried under the kitchen tiles why is it going to happen what the, Maria, um, as long as Maria and Gary don't gonna talk, talk about really it loudly about it when like, they think that Kelly's oh, is not Kelly there asleep? yes she is oh good remember that, remember that time you killed her dad um, Daisy and Daniel are going to get back together Nancy says I was happy to see Jenny get together with Leo too it's a good transition that signals she'll be moving forward I don't know, I still think it's a bit too soon. Carla's surprise for Nina was great. Nina needs Roy. I'm hopeful that she can get over her PTSD, though. And I think Abby could play a role in this. I don't Mm. think Abby will be pregnant from Imran. Um, It'll have to be from Kevin. I think this was sent in before the whole reveal that she's not actually pregnant was um, out there. And I give this week's episodes four out of five Dev's Naked Calendar cutouts. Character of the week is Abby, but shout out to Fizz and Dev. Aww. Rebecca. Rebecca says, I also think Lydia is a stopgap and that Daisy and Daniel will get back together again in 2022. I did enjoy the body butter party with all the cring- cringy Instagram That's stuff. enough about your New Year's, Rebecca. <laughs> Come on, back onto no. Coronation Street. And Daisy correcting Ashley. Also enjoyed Ken appearing when Daisy was pouring her heart out on the intercom and enjoyed the Deirdre you mentioned too. I quite like Jenny and Leo. Better her than Uncle Ronnie anyway. <laughs> by the way, I still think they will be together by the end of 2022. God, that's a really hard and long year to say, isn't it? 2022? No. There's no other quicker way of saying it. 22. 2022. Anyway, if Jenny is pregnant, I want her to give birth. Although it would be interesting if Daisy offered to adopt the baby. Anyway, I like Jenny having some fun. And like you said, you kind of got over Johnny. You just needed to mourn his death. I loved Roy appearing on Christmas Day. And yes, you weren't sure if he would appear again. That's us. I thought he might come back, but not till later in 2022. I feel like I'm saying that too much now. Um, I'm also enjoying... I can see it's written down here again. I'm also enjoying Nina, and I think it's realistic. She's having panic attacks. I just hope she doesn't push Asha away with her negativity. And that picture of them was just too cute. I'm kind of hoping in 2022 we don't have too much drama between Asha and Nina, but I don't see that happening. I also love Roy thinking Asha smelled mouldy. I'm totally loving Abby's I'm totally on Abby's side although staring at Kelly was a bit petty although I enjoy a bit of pettiness thank you Rebecca we're on the same team podcast yeah (laughs) I understand how hard it must be for Abby to live on the same street as someone who had a hand in her son's killing I was so glad that Dev also brought up Kelly putting the video of Asha online as I thought everyone had forgotten about it I really enjoyed the scene at the drugs meeting too. I'm thinking that the one night stand might pop up again soon with Imran mentioning it, but got a punch, good punch from Abby. 
Although I think Gary's past might be coming back to haunt him with Kelly moving in and Maria set to go on the campaign trail. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if the whole like ending of the Rick Nealon saga was just to put a spanner in the works and Maria becoming a counsellor? <laughs> so planned all along, three years in the running. <laughs> like, oh, no, what are we going to do with this storyline? Rebecca says, I have a funny feeling Fids won't sell number nine in the end. She might come close, but can't see the offer going through. I also agree Tyrone deserves everything he gets, but I also agree Fizz is coming on a bit strong. Fizz could also move off screen, but I don't think Jenny is leaving. Well, I hope not anyway. I also don't agree with these theories that Phil is a wrong in. Thought the George and Eileen stuff was silly until it was revealed it was Gail who set George up. Then I found it funny. Glad they made up, though. I really enjoyed the Christmas Day stuff, especially the whole plat Barlow meal, although I could do without Sarah and Adam trying to make babies all the time. I loved Audrey too. Audrey drank is always a mood. David describing himself as like Gail because he was making the Christmas meal made me laugh. I thought Sam speaking to Hope was adorable and even though I thought it was coming on Christmas Day that that and Roy returning made my Christmas. I hope we hear Sam speaking more through in 2022. Finally, Emma planning over Curtis is annoying me and I could. Oh, maybe I stopped copying the tweets there. Sorry, Rebecca. That's I could fault. do without that. Could do without that. Well, <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. Right, George email. I don't know about you two, but I'm seriously confused by all that's going on in the case of the ginger nut squash. All I'm certain is of is Faye knocked down a man whilst out on her driving test, on her test, and Emma is her star witness. However, the main <laughs> casualty was the man's pack of ginger nut biscuits, which I see was supposed to be a comical shot. But nothing's funny about seeing a pack of biscuits squished, even no, a horrible I'm... one like ginger nuts. I agree. Although I I'm rude. saving all my favourite biscuits, as we'd ha- be here all day. Ginger nut biscuits <laughs> aren't horrible. How the... You philistine, George. After that, I'm confused, as the next thing is the man's dead, and Faye and Emma both have conflicting issues on the matter, as Faye <laughs> wants to keep dumb, while Emma thinks they should call the police, and they have their actions throughout the week are very confusing. I've no idea whose side to be on here, as Emma did make some schoolboy errors within, uh, with her f- in the phone booth. But seriously, Faye, if you insist that on that, you don't want to go back to prison. That if you insist that you don't want to go back to prison, then maybe don't commit murder right after you've just got out. I, th- I think Come on, it's stage advice. Not murder, we know. Stage advice. No, I'm I'm starting. Like I said, I'm quite draconian, aren't I? Because I I think Kelly's to blame. So therefore, is Kelly to blame for Ted's death as well? Yeah, if they hadn't been so sad about Seb, what is Kelly to blame for Tim's heart condition? Yeah, and if he dies, will you forgive Faye? I mean Kelly. <laughs> Why would I? F- no. If Kelly is the one to to kill Tim, would you like Kelly then? No, because I'm a contrarian, so I might decide to like him. Or your hatred of Tim would just transfer over. Where, to where Kelly. am I going to put all this feelings <laughs> and emotion? I need somebody to. I feel like... Um, there are characters that deserve it more. I've been watching a lot of Succession and I feel like I'm Tom and Tim is Greg. That doesn't... Oh, sorry for my yawn. That doesn't mean anything to me. And you can't make a Tomlet are. without breaking some Gregs. Gemma. That's, that's the, the shout out to email. all my Succession. We're both tired. Thanks all my, my bloody fellow Succession leg. fans. Isn't Greg great? Susan. New Year's resolution will not listen to the podcast until I watch the episode. What? It's so hard because Facebook just teases me. I can't help joining in with the team conversations, even though I'm behind the times. I've listened to your Christmas Day review today, January the 9th. My favourite line from the Christmas episode is, Christmas is not all tinsel and turkey, Todd. 
I was thinking about the future. I mentioned my musings on Facebook, which are, what on earth happened to Dev's oldest daughter, Amber? Imagine if she returned with a husband. Uh, 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 Susan. Could be a wife. Could be a husband or a wife, yeah. We're just about to watch Amber rock up on Coronation Street on our um, on our DVDs. But isn't it funny that Susan's mentioning Amber mm. when I... We talked about we talked her earlier. About yeah, yeah. Um, she's on. She's on the brain. Maybe that's a sign. I think it's me and Susan are going to manifest this into reality. Um, anyway, she says, "I'm thinking a mini me dev, a couple of children of an interesting age, a new family, but with connections. I think this would have to mean a family might have to leave as we have too many characters. <laughs> that's never stopped them." Uh, Susan says, "So imagine if you only have two minutes to decide, one household has to go. Who? Oh, I wasn't expecting this. I put myself on my spot and I decided Beth and Kirk." One one family to go. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say no to Beth and Kurt going as a as a household. Yeah, I agree. That's a pretty or, good shout. But it's, some people would certainly go for Gemma and Chesney there. Get you're right. Get rid of them. Get rid of all of them and keep Bernie. Um. Yeah, but no. If you've got to get rid of a household, you've got to get rid of the no, whole I don't. household. No, I can do what I like. You might be able to get rid of Paul from that if you choose. If you choose yeah, them Paul. As well. Um, I don't know if there's any other households I would obviously I, want to get. I, I would say I would, I would say that a particularly boring couples are Maria and Gary and Adam and Sarah, but I wouldn't want to get rid of Sarah. Um, but Gary and Maria, I, I wouldn't say no about saying goodbye to both of those. But I think Beth and Kirk is a really good, good one because I think they Kirk have... has lost his. His, uh, they've they can't write for Kirk very no, well and, anymore. Um, and Lisa George hasn't been able to be in the show as much recently anyway. So so we haven't seen as much Beth, and it's um, they're, they're definitely starting to forget who they are. Uh, what, uh, here's another one: Brian and Kathy. Oh no, 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 no. not Gunny. No, not okay. I, I, I won't say <laughs> goodbye to them. But anyway, that, that, yeah, I think we're going to agree with you there. It's sad because every single options. time I say anybody, I'm like, but I like the actor, or what, you know, what yeah. as much as I know anything about them. <laughs> um, what do you think about Amber coming back? Would you like that? Um, would she be she... played by the same actress? Yeah, I don't think that um, she could have children of an interesting age yet because it was only secret child. I think I think in the early years of the podcast, Amber was back in, or was she just before? But if she's going to have had she a child, was... they they can't be any older than what seven or eight at this point, which I don't Secret think is an interesting. University age. baby. Oh, okay, it'll make sense definitely. Like I've got. Right, we have reached the end of the first podcast of the. I keep mentioning that this is the first podcast of the year. I don't think anybody year? cares too much. Twenty twenty two. But before like we go, that. we need to say thank you very 22. much to a couple of new people who yes. signed up to our Patreon this thank week. You. Charlotte and Ricky. Thank you very much, you two. I hope you like all the bonus content that is now just available at your fingertips. Thank you very, very much for all your support. And everybody, we did give our um, donation into the um, Sophie Lancaster Foundation last weekend, didn't we? Yep. From the um, from the Patreon money. So thank you everyone that's made that thank possible. Thank you for helping us to make this podcast. You guys are the best. And thank you all for listening whether you donate or not, because your support helps us to, like, even just retweeting us or following us on Instagram, or even if you just listen. Keeps us going. It does. if we didn't think people were listening or liking it, we'd just stop. Talk to each other. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. We wouldn't record it or anything. If you'd like to get in touch with us between now and next week's episodes, you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. I will put out the request one more time for predictions for 2022. Let us know what you think is going to happen or just make up some stories, even if you know it's not really going to happen because probably that's what my some of mine are going to be. I haven't written them yet. Um, we're also going to be doing our, our, our summary of um, you know, highs and lows of, 2022, of 2021 in that episode. So if you have got any overall thoughts, 
about the last 12 months. How's it been as a year for you? Post those to us over as well. Um, you can go to our blog, conversationstreet.podbean.com. We're on iTunes. Give us a review there. That'd be lovely. We always get an email every Monday to say whether we've got any reviews. And most weeks we don't. So it's always a nice treat when on Monday it says we do. Next time it could be you. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Spotify, Facebook, Patreon, said already, YouTube, loads of places. But that's probably about it. And I think we're done. Send all your get well soon vibes for Abby as well. Yes, that's because it. She's Gemma's sad. scrolling on her phone. She's done with this episode now. Gemma, yes. I'm going to leave you with some wise final words for this episode. Wash your lettuce before you eat it, even if it says it's already been washed. Oh yeah, when I was I was doing some washing of lettuce. Now what was I washing in the sink the other day, and then worms came out of it. Well, that was stuff from the allotment. Yeah. Uh, well, that wasn't pre-washed. No, it wasn't. That's why I asked you to wash it. Okay. And I won't fall, was... won't fall for that one again. Gave me right, right surprise that did. You're strange. Buy an ice cream machine as well. Make a buy an ice cream machine and make or come round our house and we'll make you some. And out of the Ben and Jerry's ice cream bit, but don't feed it to people that are allergic to raw egg. Sage words. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week. If you have a ghost, sage your house. I'm ready to sign off, Gemma. It's bought my goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. The music. (laughs) So you can say you can say a nice goodbye. Bye. There we go. The music for this episode came from podcast themes. Say the same. Say it again. Bugger off. (laughs) Dot com. (laughs) 